Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Big 4-0, ladies and gentlemen, Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 40. Um, and what an honour it is to have Mr. Ramesh Ranganathan in the studio. Um, we tried to hook this up a few times and it slipped through. We finally got to sit down. God damn, this man can, or we can talk. We just, yeah, it was beautiful. We've chatted online before, but not really sat down in person and talked. And this could have gone on for ages. I got home after this and I was saying that this could easily be a weekly podcast of me and uh, and Ramesh. It was that easy to fill the time and to chat and talk about anything and everything. And there was so much that we, that we left uncovered. Before we get into that, speechdevelopmentrecords.com. Come and fuck with us. Um, yeah, a good way to support the podcast is to go and buy stuff on speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That's my record label. Uh, me and Ramesh in this episode talk about the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2013, which is the year I did a show at the Edinburgh Fringe that got five-star reviews, um, three to five-star reviews. There weren't any below three. It was mainly fours and fives. I'm not being a dick here. That's just how it went down. Um, And it was 19 shows all sold out. Um, So, yeah, that is available on DVD. There's a two-DVD set with an interview with Tim Key on there. There's a chat with Polar Bear and Kate Tempest and Moose Rock Wonga. There's music videos. There's spoken word videos. And there's my full Edinburgh Fringe show. And that's just £15 for a two DVD set. Or you can just download the actual show for for, for a fiver. That's it. Just a fiver for the show. Job done. Enjoy yourselves. Um, so check that out, speechdevelopmentrecords.com. But let's get into this podcast. It's a great chat. It's a long one too. Um... Every now and then, when we do a long one, I split them into two. Um, to be honest, it's, I only like to do that when there's a natural pause and a, a natural change, as there has been in a few. Uh, the Dan Hardy one, it felt that, you know, there was a natural split. The Gail Porter one, there was a natural split. In this one, it was just too flowing a conversation. I didn't want to stop and say, right, we're going to pause here and continue on the second part, because it's just, just have a long one. Just enjoy a long one. Um, yeah, enjoy episode 40. See you in a bit. Sounding perfect. Hello, hello. Oh yeah, lovely. Lovely. It's well, delightful. Well, let's begin then. I'm yeah. I'm joined today by Ramesh Ranganathan. How you doing, man? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Um, how many interviews do people ask if they've pronounced your name right? Mate, it's every single one. You didn't check, did you? No, I, d- I, I didn't ask you because I went on YouTube and watched a few other people <laughs> pronounce it. So I'm hoping that the people I watched pronounce it on YouTube pronounced it right. Yeah, it's 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 because again, originally in my notes, I was like, "Oh, just ask ask that you've pronounced the name right." I thought that's fucking lazy, isn't it? Yeah, just, yeah. just just do some research well, first. It's actually the way the way it's pronounced is actually not correct. Well, what I mean is, <laughs> what I mean is actually the correct Sri Lankan pronunciation is Ranganathan, but just anglicised it's Ranganathan. Yeah, but like it's good that you checked on YouTube. I mean, I, when I first started, I'd have compares just introduce me as next actor because they yeah. they, got, they got enough to worry about. With can't that. be asked. Yeah, and it's a sort of name that you need to take a run up at if you sort of doubt yourself halfway through. Yeah, you know, and it's it's more difficult because people get worried about looking racist or whatever. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I mean, again, it's it, I I I asked Sarah Pasco when she was on if I pronounced her name right. Yeah, yeah. which is the simplest of names yeah. in the world. So I thought I'm not going to do it this time I'm gonna, gonna no I really appreciate you it. doing your research man and it's um, it really means a lot to me you know well it's 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 good to have you here 
Uh, we were meant to be recording this yesterday, but you completely just stood me up. So, well, what to the be fuck's f- up with that? Well, what's, to be fair, to be fair, it was a pencil. It was a pencil that you didn't, yeah. confer- you know, it was a pencil. And, you know, it's true. And you were very nice about it, and now all of a sudden you bring me on here trying to do a character assassination. <laughs> just bringing it straight out. I actually ended up filling the time by going to see Fast and Furious 7. Oh, what was that like? It's by far the. Uh, seventh of the Fast and the Furious <laughs> films. Um, there was one part that genuinely, I, I discussed this at my film club last night, but it blew me away. Because to be honest, it's not a bad film. Um, I, I looked at what films were on yeah. and I thought, they're all shit. So I thought, I'll check a, a, a Rotten Tomato. Right. And Fast and Furious had 81%. And I was like, really? So again, it's not a bad film, but they've got something right at the beginning that... I think is at the beginning so people have forgotten to get furious about it. They they go off to this place and it's this place in the, 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 the desert that they've created. There's yeah. all, all there's races going on and all this. And then so it's basically an adventure playground of, of cars. Yeah. And what that place is called is Race Wars. Oh my god. Which considering everything that's going on in the world at the moment, particularly in America, particularly in many <laughs> calling your little adventure park race wars, I thought was just Yeah, that is uh you it's know it's pretty outrageous, right? That is Fast and Furious saying, Do you know what, man? We don't give a shit about what's going on politically. <laughs> no. We're just gonna call it whatever the hell we want, man. Exactly. They've gone, right, well, you know, are we made enough off big, muscly, bald Vin Diesel? We've upped that by bringing in bigger muscly Bald of the Rock, yeah. Um, so we can do what the fuck we I, want and have race wars. I rewatched. Right um, I rewatched Triple X. Yeah. recently. Have you seen? Yeah, you yeah, know, I remember it. I don't remember it clearly. When I first, do you know the setup? It's this like extreme sports guy that ends up yeah, becoming, becoming like, like an agent, a, an agent or whatever. Yeah. When I watched it first, I remember thinking it's so cool or whatever. It's the, it's shit, mate. It's yeah, it's appalling. so. You know, like when they they telegraph that this guy's a cool extreme sports guy. Yeah. Like it's so, and it's Vin Diesel again. Right? Yeah, it's, it's Vin. Vin Diesel, Diesel. So it gets confused in with the yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast and the Furious films. It's just, I think. Oh mate, it's so it's so bad and like everything's set up that basically what I don't like is obviously films manipulate you. Yeah. What I don't like is knowing I'm being manipulated. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm happy to suspend my disbelief and follow the thing. But what it is is to repeatedly triple. All it needs is someone to go and go. By the way, this guy's really cool. Just in case yeah. you, you'd forgotten, he's so cool, man. Yeah. He's such a cool dude. Don't forget how cool this yeah, exactly. guy is. Exactly. Oh, don't let that in. get past you. Just um, doing my head in. Didn't they do a, f- a follow-up? Ice, Ice Cube. Cube as, and did they have to drill home that he was cool, or was that a given because of his skin colour? I think Ice Cube... that's often just allowed in I, I films. I think they just oh, he's of, black. We're so just going to let... Obviously, he's cool. Don't be silly. He's a black gentleman. That... Race wars. You, know, just, you can just imagine the writers sitting around going, well, we don't have to do any of that because he's a black guy. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's cool. That's that's already in the books. That was all right. I mean, I don't know. I haven't re-watch, I didn't re-watch that one. It, it, I, I lost the appetite it, for it after I watched the first one. I had, I, mean? I had Ghost Dog on at my film club last night. Right. And that is such a good film. Just yeah. The RZA soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forrest, a Whitaker. I'd forgotten how dope it was. And again, on that, there was no particular effort to go... Yeah. This guy's cool, or anyone's cool. <laughs> it was just, yeah, anyway, I'm just talking about my film club now. I've got, you know, I plan these things out. Oh, they, do you? You can never tell from listening, but I plan these things out. Right. Um, and I normally think we should start with growing up and career and all this, but 
I just want to talk about hip hop for a bit if, if if you're down with that. Yeah, mate, totally. I, I had you on my list of people to come in and someone tweeted you, I think, hassling you about your failure to continue your hip hop podcast. Yeah. So, so I thought, let's do... I mean, everyone always gets on my case for the XF, my radio show ending and we're in XFM now. XFM have lent us the studio I used to do the beat down in. How so does it feel? It feels nice. It feels like we should be discussing hip hop. yeah. So, yeah. So let's discuss it. And, okay. and what was your, your hip hop podcast? Was it so basically just chatting about new stuff or old stuff? Or? It was. It was sort of. I just wanted to like just do a hip hop podcast just because I'm a fan and I knew loads yeah. of comics were fans, and then I wanted to get hip hop artists on and stuff. And I just did it as a one-off because basically I just wanted to do it as something that I've got. I don't want it to go anywhere. It's just something I'm doing because I enjoy it. Yeah. So we did one. And then <laughs> and you didn't enjoy it. Well, no, I did enjoy it, but then to be honest with you, we did it. We put it up on like some website, and yeah. then we tried to put it up on iTunes, and it took ages to get it up on iTunes. I just because I don't know what I'm doing. And then it fills out a date, and then yeah, you, exactly. Your buzz is gone for <laughs> yeah. it. And then I was thinking, oh, man, I got other stuff. I got other shit to do now. But I, we are going to do it again. I mean, I don't want to be a shill. Oh, right now, but I can highly recommend Acast, who I put mine up with. Because again, oh, really? I, I yeah. just I upload it, yeah. and then it magically goes to iTunes and to oh, does it everywhere else? Yeah, oh, it's mate, dope, I had so. to like I had to show three forms of identification. I had to do <laughs> like the alphabet backwards. Do you know what I mean? Walk <laughs> along a straight line with my eyes. Cl- it was like mental. It's just and unfair. So, and so the thing is, I am very lazy person. Yeah, that's fair. So, so doing the talking and shit and all that, I'm um, happily will do. It's done. But then it, all the other bits after, you just think this is not. It's not, I didn't realise there was going to be this bit. There's you know a mean? lack. I mean, it's a great thing to do because there's there's a lack of outlets and avenues for for talking about uh, about hip hop. Yeah. Like, uh, when I started doing the beatdown, I was on a midnight on a Saturday night, so that's not a prime time slot. I yeah. guarantee you, that's <laughs> hidden away. I chose midnight because I didn't want to play any radio edits. So right, I right, always right, just right, played right, the yeah. versions that had the swears in, and and the idea was no one's going to be up and listen like to plan my show on the basis that no one's going to be listening so I can get away with it is quite appalling but because it was the only outlet I had like Danny Brown run the jewels yeah um, a Grandmaster Flash just all sorts of yeah. huge and amazing people in because they're like yeah well no one else because that was am I thinking all these people are coming over on tour and they're playing big venues but no one's having them on the radio I know it's crazy man but like yeah I know it's, podcast it's, is the way I, I, I'm sort of I'm struggling at the moment because I'm at a stage because I've got kids now yeah and my wife basically I, I sort of talk about this in my stand up but I'm not allowed to listen to hip hop in yeah. the house anymore it's, and like the other day times, I had man. I had something in the car I was listening to something in the car and like the kids have got old enough to sort of repeat stuff yeah, and it was like tough. I think my wife was like building up to having the talk with me so like so like <laughs> I, I think it was like somebody had said something brutal on the record and yeah. then she just turns to her and she goes you know you can't listen to this anymore man yeah. do you know what I mean so I was like oh mate so it's a struggle yeah it's tough I always struggle I have people ask me regularly like to recommend either some tracks of mine or some hip hop in general or spoken yeah. word or whatever that's suitable for kids yeah and it's tough because I don't believe personally in the censorship of of, of language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, I mean same, it's same. why I'm legitimately shouldn't be around children. It's fine, <laughs> but it's just it's one of them. It's like I can't recommend that because I think your kids should be listening to NWA. Should yeah, be, yeah, exactly. You know, That's what I should think. be learning that you know there's there's swear words and they're not. There's nothing wrong with them. There's I just, just a time you, and a place give, for you're them. You're giving them power exactly by making them so you know you're sort of it's sort of oh you can't we can't you know and and. and 
you know, the kids of my oldest son occasionally has heard something at school and said yeah. it. My wife like freaks out like he's pulled out like a gun or something, yeah. and it's like he's just like basically he talks and we just listen to him, and then as soon as he says a rude word, we're all like suddenly like, oh my god, oh my god! Yeah. Like obviously he's going to do that loads more. Do you know what I mean? there's, there's an old obviously. I mean, I'm sure you'll be aware of the old Lenny Bruce bit well, that he used to do about uh, about the power of of, of language stuff, yeah. where he'd drop the M bomb and people, particularly in the, the 70s, people would be like. What the fuck? Yeah, and then he'd just go through all different racial stereotypes and do, yeah. you know, be uh, uh, say offensive words against his own race things like that, and just point out that exactly that. If, if we give these words power, you're uh, uh, how old are your oldest? Five. A, f- a five. R- really, a five year old at this at this stage, or maybe more seven or eight, n- not got the mental capacity to actually give a valid breakdown of someone and yeah. give them a beating of their, their heritage or why they're worth nothing but can say the n-word to someone and make them feel that yeah, yeah, just yeah. like that and yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. we've armed them with that Pre- like, like, like without words like that being so demonised yeah. they've not got the power to I mean D- Doug Stanhope as, as well has a great bit about it and he just says again if we didn't have that you'd just be like he'd call someone a cunt and they'd yeah. be like no, my name's Sarah, silly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not cunt. And it's like it's just again. It's the power of, of yeah. those words. The, well, I, I, I had a, demonizing. I had a bit where I was talking about how like I was talking about race. I was talking about how there's some instances when I'd prefer someone to be racist yeah. than not. Yeah. So I was talking about getting into a car accident. This guy called me a fat bastard. Yeah. And I was sort of like. I find that really upsetting that he didn't just go for a racial slur. <laughs> just didn't just go for. And then race, in, in the please. bit when I first did the bit, I said the word pack. I said a rivalry called me a packy, right? Yeah. And when I started doing it, it's too much. It's too much shock. Like basically, yeah, they're so shocked that you say that word that then they don't listen to whatever else you're saying. Yeah. And what, for whatever that's good or bad of that or whatever. So I stopped saying it. I sort of self-censored myself because people get distract so distracted by that word. Yeah. That you then the bits you know. So it's 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 like you said. It's, it's the one, power it? of that. Yeah. Because I remember saying it, and then somebody's going, "Well, you don't need to say that." So it feels like you're saying it because you can. It almost feels like, you know, sort of yeah. a dick swinging thing. Like, I'm going to say this. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And then go, I don't want to stop me. Yeah, I don't want to be that dude. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, no, completely. But it's crazy because it's, it's a noise that we make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. All, that's all these things. They're noises that we I know. make. We, our vocal cords do stuff. We move our mouths a bit and a noise comes out and we go... <laughs> that noise is less acceptable than some of the other noises you've made today. It's, like, it's so fucked up when you actually break it down and think about yeah, it. It's yeah. so fucked up. I know. And, and, and the worst thing for me is like, well, not the worst thing, but like you sort of, I've been listening to, I started, I revisited Doggy Style, yeah. right, recently. And, you know, it ain't no fun. One of the most unacceptable. Yeah. Songs, yeah. Right? But it's so catchy. I think it's the catchiest yeah. song on the whole album, right? Just just having, <laughs> having, um, uh, 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 Nate Dogg singing yeah, yeah, yeah. such crude things <laughs> so beautifully. So what happens is you sort of walking around a supermarket just going, <laughs> and you even lick my balls. Yeah. You can't do that, man. But still, it's got my favourite Warren G lines of, and again, censorship. If you if you're not into crudity, then switch off now. But just back up, bitch, because I'm struggling. Get on your knees and then start juggling these motherfucking nuts in your mouth. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's such a crude but but wonderful song. I always, I always, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. Um, a few people I tour with and all that all know this. 
the first day of real sun, yeah. I put that on either if I'm walking somewhere or driving <laughs> somewhere because that is the sign of the start of the summer. Yeah, just, yeah. just listening to, to Doggy Style in full. I recommend it to, to anyone if it's a sunny day, just go, right, let's put that on because it's not aged. It's still, no, it's, still as awesome as it it's ever so was. It's so good. And, and what is so funny about that well so, so interesting about that is that he then followed up with the dog father yeah which was I don't know if you've listened to that what what a disappointing record yeah. that was man yeah. like like because he wasn't with I don't think he had any Dre production on it at all no I don't think and, so and like and then and it was bizarre as well because the hype he'd built before Doggy Style yeah. you were like he can't deliver there's no way you can deliver on yeah. this and then Doggy Style was everything and more yeah yeah and then yeah the dog- and, and then you thought Okay, well, Doggy Style is such a great album. Everyone, I don't know what it was like, but everyone I knew it just yeah. had that on repeat. It was the, yeah. like it was, it soaked through everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone, everything was, was, like, it was I mean, just the incredible. Was shit, but it's brilliant. Yeah, it's like, exactly. It's, it's, one of them, exactly. it's that whole thing everyone talks about. How do you write a good band name? It's yeah, like, yeah. Well, no. If the band's good, that becomes a good band name. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's like that with Doggy Style. It's like really, if that was a local band who showed you that, you'd be like, "Oh my That's god!" Awful. With him on the canal, scribble of the drawing of the yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, it's like, because it's, it's Doggy Style. It's like it's fucking amazing. It's yeah, and then classic artwork. and then any time you see a drawing in that style, you're like, yeah. "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, it's some, yeah. something about like you know, like there's something about when they throw something back to a classic that people sometimes automatically think that this is going to be as good. It's yeah. like when Raekwon did like Cuban Links. Yeah. Every, uh, an amazing album, right? And then he was doing stuff that people didn't like as much. Yeah. And then everyone starts going, I oh, was doing Cuban Links too. Just because he's called it Cuban Links, it doesn't suddenly mean he's going to recapture that form. Do you know what I mean? Like it's. Or well, Lil Wayne has suffered from that hugely <laughs> with the Carter 3 being amazing. And then he'd put out albums that weren't the Carter 4. And yeah. It was yeah. Like, well, what what makes it? And then it did the Carter 4. And again, you've built a rod for your own back there. Because you've gone, well, this, this is the new album. Like the first three were Carter one, two, and three. Yeah. This new one, it's not Carter four. Carter four is coming later. This is something else in the middle. It's like, what? <laughs> if you set that precedent of just being Carter and then a number, I know. It's like it's like bizarre. the Eminem with the Slim Shady, like the Slim yeah. Shady LP, and like, it's just like I don't. I mean, I do understand it. Yeah. But people sometimes some, some, they confusing. seem to think, oh, they've been making rubbish music all this time. Yeah. But now he's actually got his head straight. He's gonna do. He's gonna do a sequel. Exactly. It's gonna be so much. This better. is now the Marshall Mathers <laughs> EP. He's not gonna do any silly voices. Yeah. No, he's gonna do silly voices again. He's not gonna just rap hard as he oh, as, as, as he can. Yeah, and. Um, Eminem's the constant pain for me because I think he is one of the best of all time but that makes it all the more annoying when he releases stuff that I don't dig because he's just such a natural talent. I think it's, you know, when when I first heard the Slim Shady LP and, you know, and then the Marshall Mathers album which had some like more commercial stuff but it, 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 there were so many ideas on that record like, yeah. you know, like Stan I thought was yeah. such a, an amazing concept for a song and yeah. and then like... He just sort of. I, I didn't like Eminem show, and and, and yeah. then he did a lot of stuff that I just wasn't. But you knew that if he wanted to, if he turned it on, it could be the best. Do you know what I mean? It was just yeah. like it was. It was so. It's almost frustrating. And then like he would do these songs where he. Just, I, I mean, I guess he was just off his tits or something because like he'd do these songs where like he'd put on a funny voice just or do whatever. a silly voice. Yeah, and and and, and yeah, he would like. And he would. It was just so bad. It was so bad. It was yeah. almost like I hate you for liking me. So I'm going to yeah. test how much you like me. Have this. How, yeah, listen to this. It and killed it was, me. Uh, did you watch the art of, art of rapping a documentary? Yeah, there? yeah, and, yeah. Because him on that just killed me. Because it was like, damn, he's still 
tighter than anyone out there. He'd like particularly when he was just reciting other just classic rap lines. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd just spit some stuff, and you're like. Eminem is still just the best technical rapper. There's this, there's out this there today, really, and then yeah, it's hit or miss. I know it's so annoying, and like you know, you, you sort of hear like there was this on um, uh, Raucous part of this compilation album, yeah. um, lyricist. I think it was yeah. lyricist lounge, but but Eminem had a track on there, Any Man, yeah, and like lyrically. I still think it's one of the best things he's ever yeah. done. And you think, that guy's capable of that. And when you listen to something else he's done, you think, I don't understand how this is the same person. Do you know what I mean? And like, it's bizarre, isn't it? That, yeah. that, that amount of effort put into it. I always remember, on, 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 I did a little a mini section on it, on, on one of the early beatdowns, in fact, where just his battles with Ev- Everlast. Yeah, yeah. Because the fact is, Everlast had write a throwaway verse, this and him, and Eminem had come back with a full three verse track with hooks with a break with a, that's as good as any song I've ever heard it's like that's how you battle people it's like and then Everlast would come back again with a verse or two and it'd, yeah. be, it'd be good Everlast, I'm not hating on Everlast no, but no, then no, no. Eminem and again had come back with two of his own verses and then a verse that's got all of D12 on and then he'd finish it off with a verse and then he'd sw- switch it up to, to referencing the Tupac and Biggie beefs and yeah. things like that it's like that's just again, and and then you think now you you listen to some tracks. I said where it feels so throwaway. It's like you put that much effort in because someone was a bit annoying. I I wonder if like <laughs> I, I wonder if like sometimes when I wonder about comics like comedians, yeah, when like they get really big. Yeah. You know, like so I've seen it where I've been at a gig and like you know you see like McIntyre come out and the audience just lose it. Yeah. And I always thought to myself, oh, what it must be more difficult when you're doing new stuff to figure out what bits you're doing that are really good because the audience are so excited. Just, yeah. You know, and I wonder if that happens with like someone like Eminem. You know, he was such a he became such a phenomenon, you know, such a megastar. Yeah. That actually he was putting stuff out and people just excited like all these you know kids are just lapping up everything he does. And I wonder if you just lose that edge. Do you know I mean, you don't Completely. feel like you have to do this amazing, you know, and, work as hard. People always kind of a reference a yes men or not having the right uh, yeah. people around you. But yeah, yeah. I think that you're dead right. The crowd is as much as anything. Because yeah. if he's doing a sellout stadium show, it's like, I'm going to drop this new track. Everyone's going to lose their shit because they're hearing exactly. a new track. And then he doesn't know that's actually, yeah. You just need, and, and like you said about that. the yes men, it's, it's, it, all it takes is someone to go, dude, look, I'm not being funny. It's, it's crap, not that mate. good, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's not awesome. Do you want to dude. do a re- do you want to do this over? Like this <laughs> crap. Start again. But N- Nas always used to frustrate me because I, I've, he's like one of my favourite. Yeah, he's one of my favourite. I think he's one of everyone's favourites. Yeah. But his beat selection, man, I just can't, I can't deal with it. I I, I, f- I feel that with certain um, a, a Wu Tang as well, and that's that's sacrilegious to hate yeah, yeah. Wu Tang because I think the production is amazing. <coughs> but I always felt um, which track Cream I think yeah. is my favourite vocal but with the most underwhelming beat yeah, for me yeah. personally yeah, I've yeah. heard it dropped over so many other beats and it's been like wow this is amazing oh, mate such a good and then I hear shout. it over cream and then I'm like alright it's just a loop <laughs> it's just a loop essentially <laughs> such, a, such a good shout man it it's, like, it's like it's like and that's again Dilla's I've got a load of mates who adore Dilla beats and yeah. stuff as well and he's one that again for me, I've never quite got. I respect him. I respect yeah, everything he's done, yeah. but, but so much of of his production or on the tracks that I loved, it was like, well, I love that track, but I love the verse on that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. hard to say, but yeah, it's, it's like weird, it's, isn't um, it? 
Jay Z has always had to, you know, I've seen so many interviews when he first started out, just talking about how the beat is what gets people listening, and then yeah. you focus on what you're, you know, yeah. and it's so many times you, so it's it's unfair on rappers, I guess, but you'll forgive a terrible verse if the beat is is beat hitting is enough. enough but for yeah. me you know like if you hear an amazing verse you just think I want to hear this over something else because yeah. like, if the beat's horrible you, it's unlistenable man yeah. do you know what I mean you can't just get into, and the and thing about Cream is it's not unlistenable that no, beat no. but it's just nothing it's, it's just, just right. not it's that just great there. yeah just, just, just repeating and who knows better than Jay-Z on these things because yeah. love him or hate him he's I mean I don't know if he's aware of it but he's the inventor of 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 the Jay Z slot. Like every time I've had people guesting on tracks or multiple people on tracks, MCs, be, so who are you giving the Jay Z slot? Because it's always the one where the beat drops out a bit, and it's always regardless of what he's saying, it's going to have that impact. It's like <laughs> he's the master of these things of, of knowing how to play it. I swear, there's been tracks he's been on where he's not even had the best verse, but it's the most memorable because he's had that power to go. Yep, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm I putting myself in that spot that. Anything in this in this drop or in this gap is going to be. Yeah, fine. I know, but like, he, it's right what you say about like he sort of got casual about it because like he did, you know, Monster, yeah. the Kanye track. Like, it, I think he, Kanye and Nicki Minaj both had better verses than Jay Z yeah. on that track. Yeah, yeah. But the the one that really got me was is that Timberlake suit and tie. Uh, you know, do you know that's yeah, yeah, loosely, and yeah. Jay Z did yeah, a verse. It was one of the most unacceptable yeah. raps I've ever heard. But and he's, I, I, not, he's not got that Snoop thing where you can just get away with exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Because Snoop's one where he's rapping about Venus and Serena in yeah, the Wimbledon yeah. Arena and all that. It's like, that's awful, but I'm still like, damn, it's Snoop and it sounds so good. He just, he pulls it off. Whereas Jay-Z, if it's bad, you're like, Jay. I know, come Jay, on, mate. Come on. But Snoop is come on. <laughs> Snoop is a marketing dream, isn't he? Because he's got everything. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. personality, just the whole lifestyle, everything. You know, people that don't listen to any hip hop know who Snoop Dogg is and yeah. like him. And you know, and, and it's the other things where he can. You know, he goes and does those comedy roasts or whatever, and yep. he's really funny on those. Obviously, he's got writers or whatever, he but who the, cares? He's he sort of I like. S- I, s- I saw him in the ring with Hulk Hogan I think it was oh recently. my god I saw and, that and you know it was like and he's he's in a vest with his, the skinniest yeah. arms I've ever seen in my yeah, life yeah. and just posing and drinking it up and it's like that's, that's yeah. brilliant that's so money yeah yeah, yeah. it's so, yeah. so what new I mean we will g- g- get off of hip hop at some point but what new stuff's exciting you at the moment to be honest with you uh, I mean I've, I've been listening to I'll tell you who I know you've had you've had the one but I don't think I got as excited about Hip hop, new hip hop, as much as when I first heard the Run the Jewels first album, yeah. it like to be honest with you, man. You know, I know it's it's bad to say, but I sort of, I sort of started thinking I don't know if anything hip hop is going to blow me away like it used to, and yeah, I just put I that down that. to I just put that down to me being younger, like then. Do you know what I mean? And like obviously yeah. you get sort of you become slightly jaded, you get become jaded as you get older. And I, thought, I just guess it's just one of those things. And then somebody said to me, "Have you heard Run the Jewels?" And I've always loved LP, and I like and I like. Whenever I've heard Killer Mike on anything, I've always yeah. thought it's an interesting. It's always I always like hearing his verses, but and and I thought okay, I'm sure it'd be good. And then I heard, oh god, <laughs> mate, it took me back to being a kid a again. I it's mean, just it, it's, it's it's a crazy one because I had exactly the same a few years back. I was like, yeah. I love hip hop, and then I was like, but I love the hip hop I've always loved. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. It wasn't like, and t- to be honest, doing the radio show re- really helped because it yeah. became my job to hunt out. Because again, when you're younger, you hunt it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah the totally, passion. Whereas yeah. now, you're like, I've got my good shit. That's it. <laughs> and I, I started to hunt it out, and um, there's a website called 
Passion of the Vice. Right. I think it's just passionvice.com, W-E-I-S-S, which I rate hugely. And they're a real good one for just go and have a look at what they're, they're pushing because they, again, had Killer Mike. Because with the Run the Jewels record, I loved it, but I still, people seem to overlook the Killer Mike album that came out before that. Yeah, yeah. A rap music because it was produced by LP. yeah, yeah. And for me, if I was ranking them, I'd put that number one and then the, I, I run the jewels one. Oh, really? And then run yeah. the jewels two. So, not that, I mean, that sounds as if they're going downhill. The hill is a massive. They're, yeah, yeah. If they're going yeah. anywhere, they're going slightly yeah. down mountain. The hill, the hill overlooks not, all of the other hills. Yeah. yeah. So, if there's any, if there's any decline, it's, it's, it's no bad thing. But yeah, that first. Killer Mike album produced by LP or, or sorry the first thing LP worked on with Killer yeah. Mike is as dope as any of it but yeah they're just beasts and Killer Mike's just transcending the genre anyway yeah. with his discussion on politics and he's just all the TV shows going dude. and he's so intelligent and so yeah, yeah he blows me away I had him on the podcast and again Mate, if, if anyone wants to go back and listen the bit that, that blew me away was him saying because I thought he was was a, a leaning towards that rappers who come from the projects and that sh- sh- should give back and be charitable and all that. He's like, I ain't even t- uh, talking about charity. He's like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm here to make money, but I make my businesses in the neighbourhood I, I grew yeah, up in. Yeah. I use companies that are employing people in the areas I grew up in and in, in my areas. So I can still just be an entrepreneur and not even not even have to be talking charity, yeah. but just making my money and making other people money from the same area in the same way. And that just blew my mind. I was like, I'd, I'd always been, yeah, you should give back and all this. It's like, don't even, I don't even, I ain't even telling you to do it. I ain't going to preach to you and tell you what to do with your money or what. To, and again, yeah. that's great. So yeah. And just things like that. I was like, fuck. I know. I, I, that's I, good. I, the I, dude's I, clever. It's, it's funny, like, because like, with, 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 you know, like we, we sort of had this phase of like, con- you know, co- for want of a better term, conscious hip hop. And I, I remember like, I listened to recently again, Death Certificate, yeah. Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that album was such an amazing snapshot of the state of affairs for black people United, in the United States. You know, it's just after he's talking about Rodney King, what he's talking about, co- he was talking about complaining about, it was pretty racist track, but black Korea, he, he, he talks about Koreans in a really derogatory way. But yeah. the point he was making was that his neighborhood was getting taken over by businesses from other communities. Right. And, yeah, 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 and yeah, why yeah. aren't the, why aren't we seeing black owned stores yeah. and stuff like that? And it was like, I remember listening to it and, and listening to it now and thinking, I can't think of, of, of a record now or artist now that combined being sonically so entertaining yeah. with politically being so inter- and being so informative and, yeah, and sort of and I just don't think you know, mate, I, I'm sure it's out there and I haven't I just haven't found it. I mean you look you know, like you sort of people like Tech Nine and or Immortal Technique or, yeah. or people like that. Yeah. They talk about interesting things. But um There's certainly people I mean and again I I th- I think people um rewrite history slightly because I think hip-hop's in cycles I've, uh, I think there's a place for hip-hop that isn't political so oh, totally, I totally agree I need to yeah. listen to Annie Up and I need to yeah, listen yeah, to just, yeah, just, just rowdy yeah. shit but people go oh yeah well commercial hip-hop it, you know it used to be Karis One and Public Enemy and talking about conscious stuff but people forget that before before that, it was like skibbidabibup, a boobup, a scooby doo, exactly. and yeah, it was gibberish right. back then as you're well. Right. And it was about boasting and braggadocia and things like that. So it cycles. Everyone tries to reference the the golden age, and it's like, well, there's <sighs> it will come back round. And people like a, a Killer Mike and Run the Jewels, people like B Dolan and Sage Francis, and yeah. all of these who are doing stuff and have been doing it under the surface. For a long while, and now have the the backings of your public enemies and all these. So it's yeah. kind of it's all coming 
kind of full circle again. And yeah. Kendrick, I mean, Kendrick can rap and Kendrick can talk important yeah, stuff. Yeah, he, yeah. He, there's some, there's a lot of stuff I'm not into of his, but the fact that there's people like that coming through again. I, I always remember I keep referencing the radio show now, but I played. Um, is it called Drank? I'm, I can't even think of the name of it. The oh, one, Swimming it, Pools. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, a Swimming Pool, sorry. His yeah. massive one. I played that on the show to kind of go, look, most of my kind of conscious hip-hop fans are going to be hating on this because yeah. it sounds like just a pop song. If one of your indie rappers released it, you'd be all over it because it's a, it's a song about addiction and it's a yeah, dark yeah. song about yeah, addiction. Yeah, it's yeah. genuinely a well-written dark song about... Um, addiction in his family, addiction in himself, and all this. And it's like, and this is topping the pop charts. That's kind of dope. Yeah, you know, regardless yeah, of its right. catchy hook or whatever. It's like, that's kind of tight. I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. Yeah, so, I liked, yeah. I liked um, <coughs> J Cole's latest album as well. I didn't catch it. Uh, it's really good. I liked it. I, 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 J Cole was one of these. I get really, I get really. I'm I'm a really bad person for if my friends talk excitedly about something, I'm yeah. looking forward to hating it and telling yeah. them it's overrated or whatever. Yeah, I'm so, like that. So all of my friends are talking about Jay. One of my friends is particularly obsessed with J Cole, and I I like bought his I got his first um and I thought it was good, but like I didn't like I was I was satisfied. Yeah, that I could that I could go look, it's not as good as you say it is. Yeah, yeah. But this latest one he's done is great, man. It's I dope. really like it. Yeah, the Angelo's new one. Everyone's been saying that that is just. Fire, and I was never particularly into me neither. But again, it's got political on it, and it's you know he's he's really he's bringing his natural sexiness with with a level of social uh, commentary as well. Apparently, but I've not again. I've not I've not not listened to it, but like but but when when Voodoo came out, yeah, it's like when people talk about that record, yeah, it's like I put um. All music in one box and voodoo in another because that was, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I can't, yeah. I can't deal with that level of reverence. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's so much. difficult for me to swallow that, man. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I'll check it out. But, yeah, I'm um, going to give it a look as well. Well, I mean, let's let's get back to your kind of your your roots and your upbringing, and we've got a nice link there because you used to rap. <laughs> you used to be a freestyle rapper um, and I'd already known this I knew you were a rap fan I knew you used to rap yeah. again in a little bit of research I had to watch a Jonathan Ross inc- be incredibly awkward and I'm the, I'm the biggest I'm a massive fan of Jonathan Ross people can love or hate I think he's amazing he's a comic book nerd he's everything I think he's yeah. really good but the bit that gets me is always when he jokingly tries to be urban and it's virgin on it's virgin on offensive <laughs> Um, and yeah, he got you to freestyle, but again, it, again, it was that he played up his ignorance to what a freestyle rap was. But I'm not going to ask you to do that. But oh, thank you. Talk to me about your uh, your rap past. Well, I uh, it's interesting to say about Jonathan Ross actually. By the way, is that he was like, do you, when he did his show originally, he's like one of the first people to put Public Enemy on like yeah. mainstream television yeah. or whatever. He's you know he know, I get he sort of I think he knows his stuff more than he sort he of he really does. And again, it, it sounds stupid, but he was. He was dangerous at the time. Yeah, that sounds yeah, like yeah, such yeah. a silly term, but he was genuinely a risky. I, yeah. He would talk about stuff that people weren't talking yeah. about. And people, because that kind of generation, or because he crossed over generations, people, yeah. some people now just think of him as the industry. Or but it's like no, he was. Yeah, he's he knows his shit, and he's yeah. I've got n- nothing but respect for Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. But that won't that respect will not stop me cringing <laughs> when he starts pretending to rap. Or being hip or down with the kids. Yeah. Well, I, I sort of um, I sort of got into hip hop. Uh, uh, Public Enemy was the first thing I listened to. Like somebody. Oh, where'd you grow up? 
Are you in Crawley? In Crawley. Yeah. 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 So I'm Crawley born and bred. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, I started listening to hip hop and uh, I, I, it, like I listened to it takes a nation of millions and like Damn. remember just being blown away by that record and then started listening to more and more of it and I, I started listening to um, I was into like Ice T and Ice Cube and listening to all of that and then eventually when I sort of hit like got a bit I, I guess we me and my friends just started writing raps at school and stuff yeah. like that and then and then. I just sort of started getting into it, but I never thought I was going to do anything with it, to be honest with you. It was just a laugh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just... And I wasn't very good, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's the honest truth. I wasn't No, very yeah, good. I saw the Jonathan Ross thing. It's, it's, uh, you don't need to, to, to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was just a laugh. And then, and then what happened was is that I used... I started doing... When I was at uni we started doing like just you know MCing over we just go and do gigs and yeah. MC with a DJ and stuff yeah. like that and basically ruin a good DJ just set just establish a, a beats and yeah and so, like so, that, so, right? so the yeah. DJ would play a great song and then I would shout over the top of it and ruin it <laughs> that's sort of what I did throughout my uni I always remember what year? It was around 2008, I think. We are doing a, a, a lot of festivals and we were on a, a, a really similar circuit with a, a lethal abyssal at the time. Yeah. Was, who was killing it? And I always felt so bad because the bit in his set that always went off was he'd drop just a load of classic beats and rap <laughs> over the top. And it's like, dude, you've, he's working hard. He's been around ages. He's got great songs. But people, as soon as he drops a Snoop beat and raps over it or like even a Nirvana a riff or whatever raps over it, everyone's like... Oh my god! I know. Well, it's my, my wife is. My, I go take my. Every time the roots come over, yeah. I always take. My, I always go with my wife, and she sort of slightly got into the roots, but she never gets as excited as when they do the encore yeah. and do the covers and all that of sort of stuff. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's when she gets into the gig. Seen like, yeah, the roots, mate. With Cody Chestnut, I love. Yeah, the, I, like, I went to see him at, at Brixton one time, and I got really into that that Cody Chestnut album, Headphone yeah. Masterpiece. Again, off the back of the roots, off the back of the seed, um, and for ages, well, like. It's, it's Cody. It's Cody going to be, and there'd be a few people be like, "Is that Cody? Maybe." And again, that typical thing of when it's an American actor, and again, pre-major internet, you're like, yeah, yeah. "I think that's him. I think that's him." And when he walked on, there was no mistake, and he had like leather trousers on and just dripping sex. It was like the sexiest man I've ever seen. It's like, oh no, that's Cody. Just suddenly, that's that solved. That's. But yeah. what a great live band as well. Again, we're going back to just yeah, I know, I know. talking about hip hop, but yeah, yeah, they were just they're just insane, man. Like, I think it. it's just so good to go and you just see them. I think Black Thought, you know, is one of the best rappers around, and yeah. like, you know, I was so upset. I was I was happy that they were get, that they were getting recognised, but when they got became the Jimmy Fallon house band, yeah. I was upset because it meant I wasn't going to see them as much. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Because like, but they equally they've pulled it off. I saw that. I thought, oh, this sounds, yeah, yeah. it's like it's brilliant. It's wicked. It's hilarious. Really they good. Kill, yeah, yeah. They, they kill it. So yeah, I know that they got really up. Didn't they get annoyed because they always do the backing that they for any musical guests they have yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. And I think Redman and Method Man went on there and then refused to have. Oh really? Them doing the backing and like, they just wanted to have the their backing track plans. And come on, mate. Yeah. It's going to be so much better. Like, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Don't worry, we've yeah. got this. Yeah, yeah, I think we can do it, man. I yeah. think we can replicate that loop, actually. <laughs> I think we've got it in the bag, mate. We've got it under control. We can do the cream loop. <laughs> we can replicate the cream loop. Um, so, yeah, so you started just, just, yeah. just rapping so, so I started about doing- mates. Was that ever a lead into comedy? Because, again, a lot of, of battling and things like that, it would be insults and... 
let's be honest here, the people that generally win the freestyle battles and stuff aren't always the most talented freestylers. They're the ones that have got the best punchlines. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's punchlines. You've got a good punchline. I always remember watching Scribble Jam and stuff like that, and there'd be yeah. certain people who are just freestyling the most amazing stuff. And then there'd, there'd be other guys who just come out with punchline after punchline and steal the show. And again, it's fair. I'm not hating on that in any way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It, I think you're totally right. I did, I did like a... I did a rap battle, like they do comedians rap battle in Edinburgh. They do, and I did, I did one. Uh, I, I was up against Carl Donnelly. I don't know if you yeah, know Carl. Yeah, right? So, so, and I remember that. Yeah, that's the one year I was up there, and I didn't get to make oh, it right, to okay. that. But yeah, but um, but Donnelly, he was much. His stuff, his, what he was saying was so much more interesting than what I was saying. Yeah, he had nice little twists and like wordplay and stuff like that. And I just talked about his mum, yeah. and, and 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 simple, and it wasn't. You know, I said to him afterwards, actually, what you did was loads better than what I did. But, like, it's just that, like you said, it's something visceral yeah. that the audience can grab onto. And you just say something horrible, yeah. like a punchline. And like, I mean, that's the scary thing. I didn't catch any of them, but it scares me, that kind of thing at Edinburgh with comedians. Because yeah, yeah. it's kind of that thing of, like, a roast, but even more free because... You, you're rapping so it's a joke but yeah. I just I mean I remember just hearing horror stories of certain people I can't even think who they were so it's, it's, it's not me protecting anyone's uh, name here but certain people going in and really being you know you've been a mid-level comedian and you'll always will be your and breaking down the reasons that their career isn't going to work but being absolutely right and it's like Oh shit! That's that's horrible. <laughs> You're really standing and explaining, and everyone else. And again, people in the industry, a lot of them w- w- will know or have those opinions. Yeah. On certain, you know. And again, it's not a disrespect thing, but yeah. you know, they'll think, "Oh, this person is there." And yeah, just having everyone standing around and laughing at someone accurately breaking down your failings well, well, of well, your career, like, oh, well, Donna, Donna Lee and I phone, spoke to each other on the phone beforehand, <laughs> and he, and we said we'll agree that there's no limit. Like we're, we'll Brilliant. have to do whatever and we'll just treat Brilliant. it as a joke. And I wasn't reading reviews and Donnelly found a two-star review of me and like started quoting it as part of his... It was like... It was, it was brutal, man. But um, yeah, so I, I do think... So I, I did... I um, I entered like a freestyle competition. There's this thing... I think it was it was pre jump off. It was yeah. like it was called Battle Scars. I don't know if you ever nice. remember that. No, but like, I don't. so you had to send in a little. You had to send in a little snippet of of, of a verse or whatever, and yeah. then they would and then they'd select, and then they did this big gig at the Scala. Amazing in King's Cross, and um, and I was and it was like they had different ra- they, they had different things in different rounds. So like round one, they had judges. I remember Mike Skinner being there, and Brilliant. like it was like and and the, and the first round you just go up and just do like. A verse, yeah. and then they'd knock out people based on that. And then the next one is like the first battle, tra- traditional eight mile style or whatever. Yeah. You just go and take in turns. And then the next one was they had a full band on the stage, and you'd have to like beatbox or like vocalize what you wanted from your backing track. So, like, they had yeah. a bass player, and you go, Can you go do 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 or whatever? And then they create the beat, and then you start doing it. Tr- so, they're varying it up and stuff. Yeah. And and then the last that's, a, that's hugely that's asking a lot I know. from someone. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, mate. Mixed results. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. I'd <laughs> imagine they're, they're asking you to be Dre and Cube. <laughs> like, we need you to rap hard, and then we need you to orchestrate and produce everything. And yeah, yeah. It wasn't, you know, on paper sounds spectacular. Yeah. But what you need for that to work is the requisite level of talent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
that wasn't happening. And at freestyle battles, that's not always the, well. The free, way. but that, that's the, is is that freestyle battles that those MCs are so focused on words that musicality is is sort of an afterthought, isn't it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? And. Um, and I just basically, I got through <laughs> to the last round because I just kept getting drawn against duds. And not duds, but like, Brilliant. it was just easy. I got easy take, draws. Take that, guys. If you're, <laughs> if you're listening now and you know Ramesh B, you're not even getting your, a name. You're, you were just a dud. <laughs> you were just I another just, dud in his list of duds. <laughs> I, just get, I just got easy draws, right? <laughs> Pile right. of duds in the corner. <laughs> And then, but then I got to the last round, and the last round I was up against two people that could actually do it. Damn. And do you know when? Do you know when you watch the World Cup? Yeah. And you go, and then England get knocked out, and then you see Germany playing someone else, and you go, "Well, thank goodness we didn't get to that round." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we would have got done over. Yeah, I got to that. I got to that round. I was England that got to that round. Damn. And got absolutely like got destroyed, and then I never did it again after that because yeah, just put you off. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to do it as a job. I mean, it's it's changed a, a lot anyway because so much of the freestyling now isn't actually, f- or, or, or the battles now. You get months to prepare and all this kind of thing. So yeah, and I've got mixed feelings on that because I used to, again, I used to love scribble jam and stuff like that. Yeah. But the reality is, as you will have seen from being there, the standard is going to be higher if you've all had some time to prepare I know, I know. and all had time to do stuff. But you're then not going to get that buzz when that line is really a killer. I always remember, um, and I've, I've probably qu- quoted this before, but on one of the on the scribble jam that Sage Francis won in this, the semi final, I think it was, it was against a Brother Ali, and Brother Ali is a beast. Anyone yeah. who doesn't know, he can rap like a motherfucker. He's a big um, albino guy, but just amazing MC. Yeah. And he was he was a local guy there, and Sage had kind of come as an outsider, and Ali's. F- a, a first verse had all been about you can't come to my neighbourhood like no one knows who you are you can't come here and win you're in the semi-finals you fluked to here yeah. just cutting him down and Sage came out with his verse and somewhere along the lines it was something along the lines of I don't act like you don't know me I've been smashing MCs you're just a fat black man with Michael Jackson disease <laughs> which was just, because it referenced it was like that thing of that's, that would be amazing if that was a pre-written from ages <laughs> yeah, ago but yeah. the fact that he's referencing what he's just said was just like damn that's good I know. And, you, and you're not quite going to get that from, that's my from pr- your don't flops and things like that which again I think are wonderfully entertaining but I, I don't get that same buzz because it's like that guy must have been so happy in his living room when he came up with that I know <laughs> yeah, when, I mean, when it, he first came up with that it's line. sort of like watching wrestling yeah you know like yeah. and, and, and I know like, it's not real but still it's it's the same thing when you watch stand up and, like, and, 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 a, and a comic goes into the crowd yeah and then riffs something yeah you just go back, like the, the response that gets is bang because yeah. they're like the dudes just come up with that or whatever yeah. so exciting to watch a comic leave their set yeah, and completely. just go off into like a and that's the thing that you're losing with that you know you get better constructed stuff and it all ties in and, yeah. and like they've thought about it and they've obviously had little post-its on their table and they're going they could tie this lyric up with this and all yeah. this and so it's good it's the standard is good but it's not you don't get that vis, that buzz from watching it do you know what I mean you yeah. think that was a good thing that you came up with two weeks ago or whatever yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. like it's yeah completely I'm, I'm completely. not oh, oh we've just been shot um, <laughs> I I'm not I'm not taking anything away from those guys I think they're hugely talented yeah but for me as that a, buzz of the as a spectacle it's not as good it's, I don't enjoy it as much as I used yeah. to like you know in the, in the you know, like you said, somebody references something or something that happens in the room. Somebody yeah. talks about it's it. It's that then. quick response. And it's so what, exciting, It's what man. still gets me... I mean, 
I've drifted in and out of it over the years, but I was watching... Um, uh, have I got news for you the other day? Yeah, and it's been the same format for so long. But the thing that still gets you is Paul Merton is still one of the sharpest, quickest oh, people. Mate, and he'll, yeah. he'll just riff something off what someone's just said so quick. Yeah, and it's like I'll be watching it thinking, ah, this is. And again, this isn't hating at all. There'll be certain episodes I'll be watching. Thinking, it's kind of a tired format now. It's the yeah, same yeah. thing. It's all. And then he'll just come up with one thing, and you'll be like. I'm so glad this exists still. This is this is just so dope. But it's exactly that. It's that yeah, quick. Yeah. It's that quick reflex thing. It's that. It's those moments of inspiration that's really exciting. And so, do you think your um, a mediocre freestyle experience equipped yeah. you well for for comedy? For exactly that. For being able to be in that live arena and a yeah. work off crowds. I, I think that. I think that. Um, it's, there's a lot of transferable skills, and you know, like you look at, you look at, you know, I've watched so much, watched so much live. Music and 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 though and doing it, you realise you're sort of playing. To, and as a comedian, you are you're working off the energy of the crowd, you know. Yeah. And that and if a crowd's good, and if you tune into what they like, or you tune into their energy, yeah. the show becomes so much better, and you enjoy yourself more, and then they enjoy themselves more, and there's so much to it. And I do think there's a lot that sort of crosses over. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, completely. Um, yeah, I do. I do think that, and 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 also like. With hip hop, you know, I love. There's loads of really funny hip hop. You know, yeah. a lot. You know, a lot of these rappers have got such great sense of humour, and you listen to. And sometimes I listen to it, and I think that's comedy, man. Do you know yeah, what I mean? like it's just completely. It's just really funny observations and stuff. There's, it's like really, it's like stand up. You listen yeah. to it, and you're going, "This guy's hilarious." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah. really funny. Like, and it just um, happens to rhyme. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's Basically, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so. Um, I remember, like, I, I don't know if you ever listened to Quest the Mad Lad. Did you ever listen to... No, you? no. <coughs> it's, it's uh, I can't remember what his album's called, but it, it's, one of the, it's one of the funniest albums I've ever heard. And it's, yeah. I'm just thinking that guy, I remember listening to his sort of turn of phrase and um, and everything, and I thought this guy could be, he could easily be or, a comedian. Or Paul Barman was always... Yeah, 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 yeah. And it stunned me. I heard Q-Tip, not Q-Tip... <coughs> A Questlove on on the Champs podcast, which yeah. I recommend. I'm always one for recommending other podcasts. And yeah. That's how this world works. And Questlove was asked to pick his favourite MCs, and I was stunned that Paul Barman was in his top five. Oh, was he really? Yeah, yeah. which is weird because he's kind of seen as a comedy odd dude, but actually his his syllable placement and practice was just amazing. Yeah. But the, the one that always comes to mind that I can say without feeling uncomfortable because tons of it is crude as hell. But yeah. just I was walking down the street looking at boobs, asses, faces. I went into a Salvation Army for some used glasses cases, which just the the flowing of it. I know it's, it's like, so satisfying, and, so much of it, isn't and it's it? just there's something there's something funny in the in the fact that the that the syllable placement is so like, like he could have certain bits which aren't that funny, but the way he's structured, yeah, it, totally. You're like, I totally that's agree funny. With you. The fact that he's rhyming used glasses cases with boobs, asses, yeah, faces yeah, yeah. is enough yeah. for me to go brilliant, <coughs> brilliant. I'm happy with that. Yeah, totally, and 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 I think that. You know, and, and I think hip hop and comedy sort of go hand in hand, really. Do you know what I mean? And um, you know, so many comedians are into hip hop, yeah. And so many hip hop artists are, you know, into comedy and are, and are funny. So yeah. yeah, I definitely think there's crossover there. It's, man, it's a beautiful combination. So how did you start off in comedy then? What was the kind of the point? Like you, 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 you failed miserably in the rap battle final. Correct. Only yeah. the final is failed miserably. The rest of the way, those dads... Yeah, those losers. <laughs> those losers that I just... I mean, I don't know if they're still doing it, but... <laughs> but they should Give up, be. man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's other so things you should y- be doing. Y- 
you did that and then you went, nah, this ain't for me. Yeah. Was there an incident? Because you were a maths teacher for yeah, a while. Correct, and, yeah, um, Yeah. What was the process? So basically, like, I'd always, I'd always loved music, like hip-hop, but I'd always loved comedy, you know. I, I used to watch. I remember like being getting Eddie Murphy raw yeah. out from the, like from the local rental place yeah, yeah, and like yeah. watching it. And my dad being appalled at the language. I don't know if you've watched that yeah. that show. Eddie Murphy, like an absolute superstar, is almost unwatchable now because of the misogyny and homophobia in that in that thing, man. Like you know, like I remember watching it, thinking There's it's loads incredible. Like that, isn't there? That, oh, again, I, I I I flicked onto it recently on on one of the movie. Channels and again, it's beautiful that it, it is a movie. Yeah, it's yeah, not a stand-up yeah. show. It is just a stand-up show, but it, it's a fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I remember that. I, fl- I flicked to it, and there was tons of it. So you're like, it's yeah, just, it's I can't just really mad. Get down with yeah, this. but I, I, I remember. But, like, but again, there's parallels there to so much hip hop. Yeah, there's so much classic hip hop that you listen to. And go again. The, the way I described it on on the radio show once was like, was like, look, it's like a, a watching National Geographic. Like when there's boobs, it's not pornographic. <laughs> yeah. but there's boobs, but we're looking at a culture and we're looking at history or we're looking at this. There's yeah, naked yeah. people, and that's how I kind of see this. It's like, look, I'm not saying that this hugely homophobic or misogynistic stuff is acceptable, but it was of a time. And yeah, we're looking at it in the context, it's the context of it. You know, and again, it's not excusing it in any way. If but if mate, someone came out and did that now, yeah, then it's appalling. But to look at it as this piece of history it's yeah that's a really good way of justifying it yeah I, <laughs> I, I have really struggled with that man do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. like, and I thought I actually thought I wonder what would happen to my music collection if I took out anything that had the word bitch in it used in yeah. a derogatory way you'd lose so many classics man yeah I mean? <laughs> there was the, the one time like when I started do, doing my club night I thought I, I was happy to play anything and there was an odd future song that I just just wasn't comfortable with and I love yeah. it as a song I think it's one of the yeah, most yeah. amazing it's writing but there was just a line in it that basically makes really light of rape or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I was just like, or homophobia or something. And I was like, damn, I can't play this out. And yeah, I've listened yeah. to it tons of times and not been sitting again, yeah, like yeah, agreeing yeah. with it, but going, this is a fucking tune. Yeah, yeah. And that was one that that's the only time I've kind of gone, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm not cool with, with, with putting my seal of approval on this. <laughs> but yeah, I've always had that as a kind of, yeah. as a reference thing in general. You can go, look, it, it's what it is. Thank you for that because it's making <laughs> yeah. me feel a lot. You've actually helped <laughs> me in my good. life going That's forward. Good. But um, but I, so I'd, I'd watch loads of stand up, and actually, I, the first time I did my g- a gig, I was like about nine years old, and I, we'd gone to like Pontins Holiday Camp, amazing, and I had a talent competition, and I entered that competition, like kids yes. talent competition, and I did stand up, but but I did. Uh, first of all, two things I did. One was I delivered it completely in a Sri Lankan accent. I thought that would add to the humour of it. <laughs> and secondly, <laughs> it was mainly material. That's so racist. Man. I know. That's I know. So racist. And, and and secondly, I mainly used material that I'd got from Three Thousand and One Jokes, which was the book that wow. I had at the time. Excellent. And there was a lot of I don't know if you read a lot of joke books growing up, but there's a lot of anti-Irish jokes like Brilliant. that yeah. just were. Yeah. So it was it was a combination. Of a of a kid doing a Sri Lankan accent, yeah. and then doing loads of racist anti Irish stuff. Yeah, yeah really. I mean, that's a hell of a mix, mate. It was. I don't. I think, and you didn't give up. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did. And give, you're still doing this. I, 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 I did give up for a long <laughs> right, time. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did give up for a yeah. long time. Um, but then, like, what happened was, is that like, I was teaching and I was happily teaching, and I just always, you know, because like stand up, I'd watch so much of it and I was so obsessed with it. And, 
and I just thought I'd give it a go as yeah. like a bucket list thing to do. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just to go, I've done a gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I blagged my way onto a gig. I Basically, what I was was a comedy fan that had no appreciation for the craft at all. You know, what right. I mean was... I was one of those annoying people that see it done. And obviously the thing about comedy is when it's done really well, it looks so easy. Yeah. And so I fell into the trap, as everyone does, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. of going, oh, I'll put, I'm funny, I'll put this thing together. And I went to the comedy cafe in Shoreditch and delivered, I think, what was probably the worst... Uh, set of comedy that I think has ever been delivered I would I would think worldwide Sri, Sri Lankan accent or for the do you know what the worst thing is for the first minute I did I did he did <laughs> oh beautiful oh it. mate it was bad but I, I died on my ass. you'd be happy yeah. to hear yeah but um but it's, I liked it's, it. it's, a, it's a tough one because it is people don't have the respect for it like I, I did my fringe show um and it was obviously a lot of my spoken word but I'd written some jokes to go in between and that was the bit I was most nervous about yeah. and it happened to all go down well and a, a Brett Goldstein was was one of a few others who was like I think you should do an actual stand-up set yeah. I haven't got the balls to do it it's too scary because again I could go right in this context I understand this I yeah. know this craft really well I've been doing hip-hop and spoken word for years so yeah. when it's in between Segway banter, essentially. I can write gags, and I, I, yeah, I know how that structure yeah. works. Whereas, so scary. And again, it's t- too much respect in many ways for just watching people. I mean, I'm, I've had him on the podcast. I'm a massive a fan of, of Stuart Lee as someone yeah. who just crafts a set, and that's one where it looks effortless, but w- with the slightest bit of attention, you realise how intricate oh yeah totally it all is and, yeah. n- and not everyone's like that and everyone has to be like that but that kind of thing I look at that and, and Brett as, as well is another one who again I saw Brett's show and I saw um, uh, t- Tom Rosenthal's show are you uh, talking about Brett's show where he ruined pornography for everyone yeah he ruined yeah. pornography for everyone yeah. I'm going to have him on the podcast to talk about <laughs> his ruining pornography but I saw those two before like on the night I got there a night before I was doing my run Um and it made it. I lost all confidence because they had shows that were a show. That it's a story yeah, from beginning yeah. to end. This amazing intricate thing, and mine felt more like a gig with a set list that I could move around. And yeah, yeah. but again, it all went uh, nicely in the end. But it was that again that instant respect for right. That's too scary. At some point, I might want to do something like that. But I want to spend a long time crafting something. You know, yeah, but I've, I can't just fall back on a Sri Lankan accent, so I can't. No, but I think I think it would blow people's <laughs> minds would. if you did, mate. It really would. It'd get them. Yeah, but I, I I do think it's sort of it takes so long to sort of to I think it takes so long to be yourself on stage. Like, I was going to ask that because because you've got a very distinct style, and because of how laid back and 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 and. Um, I don't know, just, just how relaxed or how un... Again, the instant thought is you need to get up there and be Mr. Energy. Yeah. I'd imagine it it would have taken a huge amount of confidence to just start like that, to just come out and be, here's, here's what I'm doing. So I'd yeah. imagine that's something you had to work up to and develop over. Well, basically what happened was it's like, is, is that I didn't think about what style I was going to have. I just yeah. thought about the material. Yeah. And actually... You know, start. You know, the way that you deliver stuff is so important. To yeah. like, you know, your performance is so important. And I, and and 
and it wasn't a conscious thing but definitely like when I first started doing open mic gigs and stuff you know I definitely went through a process where like you know if you saw me six months in I was I, I was actually more deadpan than I am you know I was yeah. totally just nothing there was right. no performance do you yeah. know what I mean it was just yeah. literally and then I went through a stage of sort of being a bit more needy I guess but these weren't deliberate strategies it was like I don't know you just sort of you're looking for the laugh so yeah, you're sort of yeah. your body your, your brain is going I'll try this or whatever but it's not like you're going I wasn't thinking oh today I'm going to do this or today I'm going to try and then eventually you start to who you are off stage and who you are on stage just get closer and closer together yeah, but like to you have to you have to get the chops, do you know what I mean? You can't, yeah, you have completely. funny ideas, but then you don't have the, stand-up's almost like a different language, you yeah. know, the, 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 and so you don't have, and I still, you know, I'm still not the stand-up I want to be, but like, you don't have the, you don't have the ability to express yourself, do you know what I mean? So like, you, you, you're a version of yourself, and then eventually as you get better, or you get, it's not, you know, not even getting better, it's getting more experienced, I'll have an idea off stage and I can more quickly translate that into something that an audience will get yeah. on board with. But it's like little things like, you know, you've got to be so attuned to, to, to how to deliver something to an audience and, you know, you can say harsh things if you want, but the audience, you have to, the audience have to understand your logic and sometimes yeah. you don't know that and that's why when you see inexperienced comics they'll watch someone like Frankie Boyle who says some you know pretty full on things and they'll think oh I'm going to say something full on but they haven't got the delicate touch you know they haven't got the the, the, the skills to deliver that in a way that's not going to turn everyone off exactly, do you know what I mean exactly and, it's, and it looks easy but it isn't yeah no I couldn't agree more I always felt um, I can't even remember his a name remember when <coughs> Kramer from Seinfeld yeah, had, yeah. That, had that racist rant yeah, yeah. I was convinced that he was actually probably off the cuff trying to go along the lines of your Lenny Bruce or any of these who address a, a racism in an yeah. amazing confrontational way but not really acknowledging that that was so well crafted and so every single word every single pause every space so trying to do something like that off the cuff you're just going to actually have a racist a rant and look like a dickhead. Well, I think, I think, I think he, I think exactly, I totally agree with you. I yeah. think he was thinking, I'm going to say, I'm going to tackle an issue here. I'm going to grab, grasp the nettle or whatever. Yeah. And I'm going to blow people's minds with this, this race sort of attitude. And he just, it just was, it was horrendous, man. Absolutely. It was all, it was horrible because like you said, he's just spouting this stuff and he's thinking he's making a statement, yeah. but he's not, it's not, it's not clever enough. He's not, you're not, dealt with it properly yeah but I don't do know did right. you watch his apology no I didn't mate you got to look it up on YouTube so Seinfeld was on I think it was Letterman or something like Letterman or Conan or something yeah. just after that happened that video went out yeah and um and uh so Seinfeld said oh I've got him on you know I've got I've got him on the on the video link here and he feels really bad about it and da 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 and it was just like he was trying to say this you know when somebody is so the other way that it's almost racist again do you yeah, know what I mean like yeah, it was like yeah, it, was, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was so awkward you know like you know proper like got black friends like, really respect, great. Yeah, I really respect the African American yeah. community and I think they've done a lot for America and, and just yeah. come on dude we, we um, this is again I keep mentioning this but it excites me like you know I mentioned we put this up on Acast yeah. the good thing with that is we can put links in when you listen oh, wicked, to yeah. so we'll have a, a link now to that appalling apology <laughs> yeah. which means I can watch it and not have to do any work I can hunt it out but yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah, and then Dave Chappelle I don't know if you saw Dave Chappelle's bit about it because he performed oh. at the same club oh, a really? bit later and he said uh, he said uh, 
He goes, I realised when I was watching that bit that I'm I'm 20% black, 80% a comedian. He goes, because I was watching it and I was going, uh, oh man, that's so offensive. Part of me was going, that's so offensive. He's so racist. And, and But most of me was going, holy shit, he's having a bad gig, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> completely, completely. It's in, insane. I've, I've not caught enough Ch- Chappelle. He's in London. Is he, is he as genius as... Because again, I, I watched a, a load of, of, of the Chappelle show and I think... Us British people s- 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 suffer from the fact a lot of it is so referential to American culture, yeah, to yeah. American ads, that yeah. other than bits... Because I'd watched a few bits out of context that had blown me away. I then was watching whole episodes. I was like, I don't really get it. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of, it, it kills you. But I oh, know I'll have to try and catch him well, in, it, it, in London. Yeah, he's coming to London uh, in July. But but, Wicked. but um, I think he is, for me... You know, one of the most naturally gifted stand-ups. Yeah. You know, his. You, you That's just, what I've heard of so many yeah, people I he, respect and, and, he, and love. he looks yeah. funny. His voice yeah. is funny. His physicality is funny. Yeah. So you sort of think he couldn't do anything. You know, like he's so funny a person. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and the thing about you know, like because I really like Chris Rock. Yeah. And obviously Chris Rock has got a, a, a funny physicality and voice about yeah. him. But the thing about Chris Rock is, you listen to Chris Rock. And Chris Rock tells you these amazing routines about incredible thought process yeah. and, you know, it's so intelligent what he's doing and stuff like that. And Dave Chappelle, the thing about Dave Chappelle is, what I think about Dave Chappelle is he can deliver a story that in somebody else's hands would not be funny at all and in yeah. fact quite base or, or just nothing to it. Yeah. But because of his his work, the, the way he delivers it and just his sort his of everything about it, yeah, it makes it amazing. Like he does, he, do, he, do, he did a bit about, he does a bit about these people being held, about him and a group of people being held hostage by a homeless guy with an erect, pe- is using his erect penis as yeah. a gum. Yeah. And like that, if somebody told me, if one of my mates said to me, I've got this routine about being held up on a bus, but I'll go, dude, you got, don't do that, man. Yeah. It sounds dreadful. Day, yeah. like you can't this you watch Dave work. Chappelle do it it's incredible it's like genius it's, it's so funny man you just think oh this is wicked do you know what I mean I like it's, what do you again this is going off on a, a tangent a bit What? it's not stand up but what are your views on Jim Carrey because I've argued with people about this online a bit I I think when I first watched Pet Detective yeah. I thought it was one of the most incredible things it was things amazing I'd ever and seen. again I'm not saying now but I'd, I'd, um, me and my brother like we stay up to watch a lot of MMA so there's always these hours where we're having to fill with boring (laughs) shit and we started to hunt down I I mean we were originally doing actors who had the best five year run and then we looked at just as a breakout year Jim Carrey in his breakout year had Dumb and Dumber Mask Cable Guy and the first Ace Ventura I mean Dumb dumb and Dumber all within 12 to 18 months it's like fuck there's never been a better breakout year than that that's that's for yeah hugely i mean dumb and dumber alone do you yeah. know what i mean and and like yeah and, and the thing was the guy's he's just he's just pure comedy like you watch that again oh that's what made me think of it because you yeah. were saying just just comedy bones essentially. yeah yeah, yeah just basically that's bones. what it is and, and the thing is people people have seen it so much now that they i think people forget how how different it was to any style yeah. of comic acting we'd seen up to that point do you know yeah. what i mean it was like it was. I don't know if you remember the opening thing of, of Ace Ventura when he's kicking the, he's doing the, he's pretending to deliver something, and he's got this box and he's kicking the box around the yeah, corridor and all that stuff, yeah, and then yeah, he goes yeah, yeah, yeah. on his way to the thing. It's just, just, it's so fun. Just everything yeah. about it's so funny. And Dumb and Dumber, like, if you don't think that film's funny, man, there's like you got the same wrong with you. Like, yeah. And, and I understand. Basically, what it is, I think he's a victim 
of the fact that he does things, he does it so well because yeah, it's such completely. a strong flavour that then people go, "Oh, he's doing that again." Yeah, do you know what I mean? And and the thing is, the guy, the guy is, I mean, he's done films that aren't like that. I mean, he's done some other great films, like Truman shows a great yeah, movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah, Mind yeah, is, a, is a beautiful film. So the guy's got acting chops. Do you know what I mean? But like, you you want him to, you want him to do that. It's just an amazing comedy actor. He's an amazing comedy actor. Yeah. And But I think because he's, He's done it for so long. We've seen so much of him that people just think, "Oh, it's just a one-trick pony." But it's not. The, it's, it's not the him. case. And again, but it's weird because that only comes down. That only happens with comedy. Yeah. No one goes, "Oh, Al Pacino is being all Al Pacino again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he generally does. And yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. And or yeah, or anyone, Brad Pitt. You know, a lot of people they tend to be themselves, but yeah. then the, the, their wonderful, amazing selves. But with comedy, you kind of go, "Oh, well, oh, I, this I, again." I don't know if it is with comedy that like. That if people don't like it, they hate it. You yeah. know, like they hate it that they want that person responsible for it to die. That's Do you know it. I, mean? I posted like, about it, and a load of people are like, ah, oh, it's just slapstick, or it's just silly. It's like, again, I, I, I think I'm, I'm lucky that I don't. I can appreciate highbrow humour, but yeah. it doesn't have to be. That's no. not the be all or end all. It can just be f- just funny. People falling over is funny. Yeah, I just, I don't, uh, this sort of, you know, you you can fall into a victim of being a snob about it. And I love stand up that's like, you know, and I love comedy that's, like you said, highbrow and intelligent. Yeah. It makes you think. But I've never gone to a show where somebody's talked about nothing for an hour yeah. and laughed my head off and walked out and gone, but what is he really saying about the world? You know, I don't, like, you know, like, I just think it's, Entertaining is entertaining. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and if somebody Completely. if somebody entertains you and they say something, that's great. But I but I'd be I'd be much more pissed off if I went to a stand up show and that person t- told me something that I didn't know, but it wasn't funny. Yeah. Than if I went to something that was hilarious and I didn't learn anything about myself or the human condition. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. don't give a shit about that. Do you know what I mean? It's Completely. it's just funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think that it, like you said, it's. It's it's physical comedy is difficult to get right. You know, you you, you watch totally. you watch anything where it's done terribly, where some like they do, and you just you see it. Do you know what I mean? It's so hard to get right. Yeah. And, and those silly sort of comedies, people think because it looks silly and brainless that it is brainless, and it's yeah. not. It's an art. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's really difficult to get right. Do you I know couldn't what I mean? agree more. Any yeah, just just pulling off any kind of show like that or performance. I like that. It doesn't matter if it's highbrow or lowbrow yeah, or anything yeah. in between. In fact, often I think it's easier to go highbrow or, or cynical or, or whatever. I, I mention it all the time, but that year, or 2013 at the Fringe, when you were up for um, a, a Best Newcomer yeah, you? Yeah, and, right, and, yeah. and things like that, um, I saw this guy, Rob Alton, who yeah. I'd heard a lot of b- before, a spoken word guy that kind of, it's kind of spoken word, it's kind of comedy. And his show that year was just about the sky and how much he likes the sky <laughs> and that was it and yeah. it was the most it was my favourite hour of of, yeah, of, yeah. of of that whole year because and I went to see it twice because I was like shit I generally need someone to be being a bit nasty or a bit miserable or a yeah, bit yeah, shit yeah. and he was just like isn't the sky amazing <laughs> it's, it's just, just ages and ages of this just weird he'd redone again I'm not giving anything <laughs> away because he's stopped the show now but he'd got the Sun newspaper and changed it to the sky and just put pictures of the sky every, just all over the sun news just weird surreal odds yeah, almost yeah. K- K- Kaufman-esque stuff but it was like wow this is just it's beautiful and it yeah. doesn't have to be that thing no I know so uh, let's I talk about the Edinburgh Fringe yeah that's been a huge for you for I mean for two reasons a jump out that year was the one year I was doing it and it's when I saw you everywhere and there was so much a buzz which was great 
but then also it goes back to your family life I've heard were yeah. you doing Edinburgh when your wife went into labour yeah so this at one th- point th- this year just gone so this Edinburgh just gone last August I was like we, we were getting ready and like you know I was writing the show and, my, and we wanted another child and, and my wife was pregnant and then we found out the due date was in the it was in the middle of the festival god damn it and so like I said plan your sex I know mate I know <laughs> but she put on Barry White dude <laughs> yeah so so I, I said to her um, I said to her look, well look uh, let's pull uh, shall I pull the festival because yeah. you know this is crazy like well, what the hell are we going to do sort of thing and she said, no, don't pull the festival. I'll just come up with you and I'll give birth in Edinburgh. Amazing. And she was so casual about it that she fooled me into thinking that that was a casual thing to say. <laughs> so like, I was like, okay, cool. all wicked. And then I would tell people and they go, you are one of the most horrible bastards I've ever... And I go, why? And, and they go, you're making her come up to give birth in Edinburgh. I said, well, no, she said she was going to be fine about it. And, like, I, I sort of... I, You're going to have a Scottish child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that, so basically, that's what happened. We went up, we went up to Edinburgh. I, I, all, Lisa and the kids came up, and, um, and she, was, she was overdue. She came to watch the show. Yeah. I, did, I remember saying to her, like, if you could give birth during the show while you're watching it would be such a PR coup for me yeah, it would be yeah. really good Encore. but she didn't oh, um, selfish but yeah but she gave birth during the festival man like, that's I, amazing I, it, it was it all went did you have to cancel any shows no or did you just no because what happened was is she, she I basically <laughs> so, how long does labour last I'm only doing 60 it might push well, push to, uh, to 90 but but you'll still be going when I get just hold on a bit well I, I came stretch it out she was so casual about it dude like I came back to the flat after a show and I'd like I walked in and she goes um, I think we, I'm in labour so I was like alright so we got like in a taxi <laughs> down to the hospital and like I think two hours after we got there she'd given birth and then they kept, they kept her in overnight and then it was in the middle of the night like I think three o'clock in the morning or something and then uh, my show wasn't until nine o'clock then, or eight o'clock the next day so yeah. I spoke to my agent and she said oh we can pull it if you want I said I'll oh, just do it <laughs> so like <laughs> so, so fine with it yeah <laughs> so I went and did the show and at the end of the show I went, and we had because part of the show I was talking about worrying about having a third yeah. kid and then I said and we've had the third child today this morning you just looked at me like what a crap what, gimmick what, yeah. Why, like yeah. are we expected to believe that your wife gave birth right. this morning yeah, like what are you talking about mate You've you been saying that every day of the festival. You, you're a sham. <laughs> yeah, that's outrageous. Um, it beautifully though, it caused um, possibly my favourite headline ever, um, and I'm going to read it to you now. Oh, it's, it's from the Crawley Observer, <laughs> and it was comic R- Ramesh celebrates success and birth of son. <laughs> just the broadness of success, just the broadness of general. No particular one. You've just gone. I tell you what, it's time we celebrated how fucking successful I am. Really, that blew oh me away. My God, that <laughs> blew me away. That's bad. How yeah. was that that celebration of success? It was just. Was it, just was it, was it, it was. Was it a specific success that you were celebrating? It was just. How uh, did you celebrate as well? We just sort of like sort of stood around <laughs> with champagne and went to success, and just, everyone toasted success, and it we're was killing it just yeah. with loads of your yeah. your less successful friends. Yeah, isn't this going well? <laughs> to my success? Isn't this going well for me? <laughs> Can we? Do you want to celebrate it? Come on, guys! <laughs> it killed. I'm really me. doing well, aren't I? It killed me. I oh, loved that. I loved that as a headline. Crawley Observer, because I'm from Crawley. Yeah. As I said, Crawley Observer. What they do is, they every time I, I do something, 
Like if I like, for example, when I did the election thing on Channel Four, so they did an article about it. But what they do is they've only interviewed me, I think, once, and then they keep doing the same quotes like every single brilliant. So just like it's the same interview, same quotes. Yeah, just like every time. How was the election thing? The alternative election on was it on Channel Four? Channel Four, yeah, it was uh, good. It's a tough gig, man. It's a tough gig. One of them to be live when things are coming in and doing. Mate, are we with Paxman? Was the tension real? Because <laughs> there was a few moments I picked it, I was like, "Wow, this looks like they're actually going to kick off in a minute." Well, Paxman was like, <laughs> I was sort of, I was sort of, you know, I was joking with him, but he was, he's like how he is. Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's yeah. sort of like, let's move this on, and you know, that's kind of what I was getting. I was like, yeah. I was getting because again, I've seen you do kind of the cold look, kind of deadpan thing for, and I felt you were doing that, and then it felt. Paxman's just, this feels real to me. This is real to Paxman and not to you. It's <laughs> the vibe I, I got. No, I think Paxman is like, you know, he, he, was, he, was, he was good. Yeah. He was a good sport. If, I, if I'd have felt he was going to get genuinely upset about it, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was like, I think it, I, 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 he looked cool as a cucumber, but I imagine it was like difficult for him. It's the first time he's doing comedy. Yeah, of course. You know, being funny. Yeah. And like, you know, doing gags down the camera on live, on yeah. live television. Yeah. That's the first time you do... Come on, mate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's like... Oh, God and, knows. And, and, and they gave m- m- more gags, it felt, to Paxman. It, it felt like David Mitchell and you and everyone else were having more of the serious yeah, yeah, yeah. break everything yeah, yeah. down role. Yeah, yeah. And the gags were all going to Paxman, yeah, which was... Yeah. Which is interesting. But like, brave. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But I mean, the, the thing was, is on the night, you know, you could feel that the studio audience were not and you know were not expecting the exit polls yeah to be what they were I mean that's were. the tough thing putting together a show that's just the fact it's a comedy show is generally going to be you know on the left side of 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 of, of, of politics putting that together and then it's quite a spanner in the work to have it right it's gone the worst it could have for that political view. Well, every, everyone was everyone was like writing stuff about how the co- you know how Ed Miliband had been like saying that he wasn't going to have a coalition with the yeah. SNP, and then everyone was going, "There is going to be a coalition." You know, why is he denying there's going to be a coalition? Yeah. Not realizing that actually that's that argument is to- going to be rendered totally irrelevant yeah, by the even, fact that the Tories are just going to smash it. Everyone's you know too like, distracted yeah, about yeah. talking about. It. So who's going to work work with who? Yeah. when this doesn't how, work, how will Miliband do his turnaround about you know because he's been saying he won't work with the SNP. I wonder it's going to be Egon his face when he has to yeah. just not really that's not even going to be yeah. in question mate. No. not even going to be relevant at least he got to stick by it at least yeah, he yeah. got to stand by it I mean there, there, was so, there was things that he did mate I mean like without getting too you know into the rudiments of, of the election or whatever yeah. but that that stone you know th- yeah that was some weird shit I don't it? know why he thought that was going to be okay. Some Monty Python shit right Jesus there. Jesus Christ, no? it's like a self-parody. Yeah. Like, I thought the only way that could have been like happen is if he didn't tell anyone he was going to do that. Is that. Have you seen yeah. what Ed's working on? I don't know, he's been in his garage for like a couple of days now. I don't know what he's up to. Yeah. And then he just... Unfa- <laughs> because all it takes is for Ed to go to one person, oh, by the way, I'm doing this massive stone tablet with my pledges on it, and that person go, are you... Dude. Seriously. What the fuck what? are you talking about, mate? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not going to... People are going to think you've I, lost it. I wouldn't recommend you do that. Yeah, exactly. It's, I couldn't believe it happened. I suggest, I'd suggest maybe not on that one. Yeah, man, it was it was a messy. Anyway, let's let's not get bogged down in the in in the sadness of 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 of, of England, essentially, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of the yeah. nation that we live in right now. Um, t- a touring. Are you yeah. just 
Oh, finish your tour. Yeah. Number one, like, how do you find it? Because touring for comedians tends to... People don't seem to notice how it's the most relentless touring of, of, of any industry. Like, yeah. more than bands, more than everyone else. It's like, right, here's my tour. It's four months <laughs> constantly <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. So how do you find that in general and even more so with a family? Well, I... I mean, uh, clearly you don't care about your family. We've no, established that with the end no, of No, absolutely. And so, so now that we've got... Now that you've got that framework set up, <laughs> it makes it a lot easier to understand how I go touring. <laughs> but, like, um, it's, you know, obviously, like, it takes you away from home a lot. Yeah. And um, I love touring and I was doing it with um, Susie Ruffle. Like we're doing a, we were, we're touring together. So, so that sort of made it easier because you've got a mate there yeah. and it's less lonely. I mean, you know, as well as I do, the contrast between being on stage and having that energy of the crowd and everything yeah, cut to you sitting in a hotel room alone. Yeah. It's a horrible, dark contrast, Completely, completely. Um, I always remember when I did my spoken word tour and I took... I, I, Kate Tempest and Polar Bear on the on the road with me, and, and that was one I feel is closest to compare to yeah. to, to, to comedy because there's not it's a smaller crew anyway. There's not the whole setup and everything, all the, the breakdown. So essentially, you're out that bit bit quicker. Like with the live band, you are then back to a hotel on your own, but there's an hour or so yeah. getting everything done and getting out. And on that one, they found it hilarious that like we had a sold out tour, and they were you know let's go out and party, and I was like, well. I was tour managing on that and I was, I was running my merch. So I'm yeah. finishing every gig. I'm, t- I'm taking a glass of rose out to, up to my room and doing my accounts. So it, again, it's going from a sold out show yeah, to yeah. then, right, I'm in bed just doing the accounts quickly, just just cashing this up. And yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird it's a weird contrast, isn't weird, it? Yeah. And I, I, the, the thing that I try and do is like, obviously I like, I, you know, there's times when I'm away from home a lot. Yeah, and um, I liked I like being on the road, and I like you know what I've always wanted to do. You know, you've got to remember, or I have to remember that it's a dream to be able to 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 make ends meet by doing it, by yeah, going yeah. out, and you're doing your show. It's like it's amazing. It's such an amazing thing, but, but it does take you away from home a lot. So. So what I end up doing is like when I'm at home, I try and like do good stuff. Like I don't just sit around. We try yeah. and go out and blah blah blah. That's but dope. it is hard. Yeah. It is hard. Like you know, there be there be weeks go by when my wife and I have basically existed in the same house, but we've yeah. not interacted with each other very much at all. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And you have to. It makes you think about that a bit more because I, I remember like you sort of get caught up in work. And then I think, shit, man, like I haven't been out with the kids for like maybe like two months or something. Do you I mean, know that's, I mean? Like, it's, it's great to have that that focus of realising that it's essential to actively engage and do good stuff because otherwise I would imagine again I don't have a family of mine but I would imagine that because with touring and with everything else your mind gets in such a mode where you're juggling here's what I'm doing next and with press and everything else like this is then that you're categorising and then I'm seeing the kids then then doing it and it becomes another job rather than than what it should be so I guess it's essential to go right I'm seeing the kids then and we're going to do awesome shit. It's going to be amazing, rather yeah. than I have to be there and look after. Exactly. You know? I mean, that, 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 that's the thing, man. And, and I think that you know, I imagine it's easy to slip into that. Again, that's not hating it. It's like that's yeah. the nature of it. I'd imagine that could be such a to- natural thing. Totally. And I think part of the problem is that is that comedy, you know, anything like this, it's it's you become so self-involved, you yeah. know, like, and and it's. It, it, you get you can easily get caught up in it's a job like yours that yeah. can take up every minute of every day and you don't switch off from it you're and thinking about things all the time do you know what I mean when your job is being a, a remesh exactly, exactly that doesn't end exactly and so like you can easily become 
too caught up in that and and you're just thinking about it all the time and actually you know w- w- in edinburgh when like my when when lisa sort of gave birth during the festival the the thing was is that because i'd taken her and the kids up and we we're all living in that flat it was a lovely way for me to not be a comedian because like, you know yeah. during the day yeah. we'd go out like we'd go out and do kids to go and watch kids shows or perfect, go and yeah, do family yeah. stuff and it just makes you you're just being you then do you know what I mean yeah. and you're not trying to be funny the kid, my kids don't think I'm funny do you know what I mean so like there's all of that and so like it's you do have to have that time when you're great not doing because, that again it's people don't realise that Edinburgh's one of them but I always have it at festivals and it's going to sound arrogant but on nights out at times yeah I'm I'm Pip. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling I have to have to be on because if one person comes up and says, "Oh, can I have a photo?" I'm then in that mindset of I'm not relaxing. I'm not, and it's still fine. I'm not complaining, but it's that that constantly on on feeling. So having your family up there because again, particularly at the fringe where your poster is all over the place, yeah, things like yeah. that, it would be hard on your own to. Oh, well, just, you wouldn't be able to have that switch off. Whereas when no. you've got your family, even those who will recognise or see will have that respect of oh, he's not at work yeah you know, exactly it's, it's exactly. fair to leave him alone whereas well, in general people will get annoyed if you're like do you mind if we don't have a 10 minute conversation now and again I'm not being rude it's just have you, you ever done have you ever do, have you ever done that no no not really no I've, 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 I've never pulled it off I was in a relationship a years back um, with someone who was more famous right um, and there was a point there where um she really, on one occasion, just 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 really politely nailed it. Of just look, if it's okay, I'm just trying to have a walk, you know, along the beach yeah. or whatever, and you know, and not be on as such. But yeah, I've never, yeah, it's Hard. tough. I try to be nice and polite and quick. In you know, I'll often help people with their camera phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jess is like, you know, I know, I know how this works, and if we're going to spend half an hour trying to get it to work, then let's just. It's weird. It's it's a weird one. I've always been. I put myself in it um, through doing the merch at, at my own shows and yeah. things like that, and always put myself in in that situation. So yeah, I'm kind of cool with it. But I guess the whole. I mean, on the discussion of of never b- b- being able to switch off, social networks are part of that. Yeah. And you're you know you're on Twitter a fair bit. How do you find that? How's um, you know I I sort of I've, I've dabbled. With or toyed with the idea of coming off of it, yeah. because was this after one of your drunk nights on Twitter? Or yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> see, that's what I thoroughly enjoy is every now and then because I have them. I, the most engagement I get is if I've been drinking, which is rare, and I'll just start tweeting about songs I'm listening to on the train. Yeah, because I'll be in that drunk state with just headphones on, just like ah, oh. and. It'll be a, a, amazing fun, but yeah, you do kind of forget that you're speaking to thousands yeah. of people. Well, I got into <laughs> I got into an argument. This is random. I got into a discussion with Rock Marciano of the Flip Mode Squad on oh, Twitter. Have, have, uh, like, so wow. So, so what happened was, I, I, it was I was in Edinburgh when it happened, and I was abs- <laughs> I was really drunk. I never sent them. I know. Yourself, let's let that sink in for yeah. a second. And, go on. And I was really drunk. And I was following him on Twitter, and I, I clicked onto Twitter, and he said that NWA's second album um, was the best thing that Dr. Dre's ever done, right? Right. And I fundamentally disagreed with Straight it. Straight foolish. How yeah, you? I know. So I replied to him going, dude, are you high? Like, there's no way. Yeah. And then he responded to me, and he's going, like, go track for track. And then I just started having this just drunken discussion on Twitter <laughs> with him about it. It was so mental. It's what's kind of beautiful about it. Though, yeah, about that's what I like about it. it. And networking is that that kind of thing just happens. That's yeah, just yeah. a thing. I had a thing uh, the other day where 
someone had tweeted me a, a, in a long story short a wrestler CM Punk said I think your next album is going to be amazing and he probably didn't mean it it was in the context because someone had I do a lot of MMA stuff and someone had asked me what I think of him going over to MMA and again I hate over discussing things that haven't fucking happened yet so my thing was I just said well I've not got an opinion until it happens hopefully it'll be awesome but I don't know until it happens like for example, what's your opinion on my next record? Yeah. But he was obviously tagged in. So he then replied saying, well, just out of interest, I I think your next record's going to be awesome. I couldn't tell if that was joking and being complimentary or kind of saying to me, you see, I can spoil your shit. And again, because mine, because again, generally everyone in the MMA community hates on the idea of a a wrestler coming over who's not got a history of martial arts and things like that. But yeah, I I was arguing in his favour but in that way of how can you hate when something's... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same as we do with films and everything. It's like, oh, I can't believe that they're remaking a classic. So, well, how about you wait until Mad Max is finished and then see how awesome yeah, it is and things like that. It's, like, it's such I, an easy one to get I think that the mad thing, at shit that hasn't happened yet. The thing with me is like, you know, it always happens with like when, like with Ben Affleck getting cast as Batman yeah. or whatever or Daniel Craig being cast as Bond. Yeah. Just the level, you know, the, the assumption that everyone involved in the film does not have the best interest of that film at yeah, heart. Do you know what I mean? We, we've got no idea how it's going to turn out. I argued out. furiously with people about Affleck. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, again, we don't know what will happen yet, but he has won Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Highlighting his shit roles. He's won Oscars. He's I know. Fucking, he knows what he's, he's doing. He's no joke. It's cr- I just, yeah, that sort of, that sort of pre-hate. But but with regards to Twitter, I think yes. that it's good because you can communicate with lots of people and stuff like that. What I think is bad about it is it gives people I don't want to hear from a channel to get in touch with yep. me. Do you know what I mean? Like, and like, you know, like every time I do something on TV or radio or anything, I guarantee there'll be, I'll get, something about comedy, man, I'll get one tweet where somebody says, everything about you is unacceptable. Yeah. And yeah. I hope that you disappear really quickly. Yeah. And th- I that- mean, I'd been drinking that night, to be <laughs> fair, and it was the election, I was down. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think, I think, if you think I'm shit, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not, f- obviously I wouldn't, I'd rather that wasn't the case, but I'm not arrogant enough to think that everyone's going to like me, but why do you have to tell me? I couldn't agree more. Like, I couldn't agree more. Why do I need I, to know? I'm do you fully know I mean? so comfortable with the fact that everything is individual taste. Yeah. I don't want everyone to be, to, to love me or be into me. That's fine. I'm, I've, I, I grew up. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. known that there's some kids that don't like you, some that do, yeah. but I can't stand rudeness. Yeah, and in that crazy. manner of going, like, I'm fine. Like I don't search my own name on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. So if someone wants is... to tweet saying Scroobius Pip is a beardy twat, yeah. then go ahead. Now I'm going to get tons, tons of people actually tweet me that. But if someone wants to tweet at Scroobius Pip yo is a is a beardy twat, it's like fuck you. That's just rude as fuck. I just don't get it. And like, I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's somebody wants a reaction. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. And also the other thing is, is what happens is if people say nice things to you and then somebody says something horrible... You're going to react to the You react to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, I assume that these people have seen that happen. Yeah. I think this is the way to get a reaction out I of think, them. I, I, mean? I think that that was once the case. I think a lot of the time it's just people not thinking about it and ignorance. I, I white-knighted it at one point. I was tweeting about, again, an MMA show I do on BT Sports every now and then called Fighting Talk. And, um, and one of the guys who... It, uh, uh, who is on it is a, a, a presenter called OJ Borge who is great but this one guy I tweeted about it, and this one guy tweeted saying can't watch it like can't stand OJ Borge or something but tagged him in and I took OJ out and kind yeah. of said to this guy look that's fucking rude yeah, and the yeah. guy was like no I'm entitled to my opinion I'm like 
You are. And I wouldn't let it go. I was like, you are. Oh, but that's rude. And I get kind of obsessed with these kind of things. So I had a quick look on his profile. And he's a family man. He loves his kids. He's got all this. So I kind of said to him, look, do you teach your kid at school that if there's someone that they think is weird or don't like, do you teach them to go up and make sure that that kid knows <laughs> yeah, yeah. that they don't like them? Or do you say, it's okay if you don't like the kid, but, you know, you keep it private. It's, it, there's no problem. Like, or if someone looks weird, do yeah, you say, yeah. make sure you let Mark yeah. know how weird he looks Otherwise this morning? It, he, might, he might be living his life thinking Not knowing that's how okay. weird he looks. Yeah, you know, just like, do you do that? And I was like... If you again, you're a family man. My advice would be uh, live your life by how you would want your child to live their fucking life. So if you would not want your child to just make sure that this person that has no reason to know that you don't like them really knows that you think they're shit, yeah, then go ahead. And again, he just back, he ended up sending apologies to OJ and all this because it was like shit. But so again, just things like that made me realise that sometimes it's just a the way people have got so into the social network world that they think these things are acceptable I, I just when wonder if they, if they just think we're bulletproof. Do you know what I mean? They're just yeah. like, it's weird. It's crazy. It's weird. Um, well, we should start t- to wrap things up. I want to talk really quickly about two things. Um, yeah. We're recording this the day before. It'll be going out in a week or two, but we're recording this the day before um, Arsenal's FA Cup yeah. f- final. How are you feeling about Arsenal at the moment? I, <coughs> soccer, I remember seeing you on Soccer AM in the cupboard. Oh my God, mate. Tough gig? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you Tough gig, jumping out of a cupboard. I love Soccer AM. I'm a fan of the show, so it's not... But yeah, that was a hell of a... Oh my God, mate. How could you this late on bring that... Bring bring that in. Bring that in. I'm going to make sure on the ACAS one there's just a photo of you just looking unhappy coming out of the cupboard. I'm sitting there thinking... I'm sitting there thinking... Wow, I'm talking to a guy that hasn't seen that. <laughs> then all of a sudden, you just drop the bomb, mate. Let's leave that. Let's go on to Arsenal. How are you feeling about about Wenger? Is he finally... Is it Wenger in again? Because it's like, he's, he's, he's like the hokey-cokey over there. That is Wenger in, Wenger out half the I've time. I've never been Wenger out. Good. But I, I think I've always supported him. And yeah. I do think that there are... I do think he's done things wrong. Yeah. And I do think he's too stubborn. Mm-hmm. But... And, and, I, and I, what, I, what I think about him is that when he came, he changed the Premier League yeah. in terms of training and attitudes and yeah. stuff like that. He added years onto the Arsenal old guards, you know, careers and stuff like that. He, yeah. he revolutionised that. But he's still there and everyone's caught him up, you know, like, and, and, yeah. I, and I think that, and, and in some cases overtaken him. So yeah. I think that, I think that's, a, I think that Arsenal made a mistake by declaring him unsackable because I think that, you remove or you, you can't remove all accountability from so yeah. I just think it's a mistake if he is unsackable that's fine but you don't announce it yeah. because then that person operates without any worry about being held accountable for for, for failure yeah it removes any urgency exactly any exactly of, and I think and I think that's wrong but I think Arsenal fans you know for them to wish Wenger out I think is is I think is spoiled you know I think, I think it's that, ignorant yeah I, yeah it's I think like, exactly that. there's so many teams that forget where they came from essentially yeah. and yeah, that's yeah. it like Wenger has done amazing and I mean a man you were a prime example of that of, yeah, as yeah. soon as Ferguson went how they went I know see I- you later and it's kind of and they were already you know they had history of being huge anyway but the fact that they were that and then as soon as he left it was a huge a drop off it's like it's an illustration of how 
it's not always yeah. I, I just I, I just think that I just think that our our belief that we have a go- we know we should be challenging for stuff, but this God given right to win something every year, yeah. I think is misguided. It's difficult to win trophies. I think yeah. people forget that. And you know Chelsea, you know I think Chelsea, uh, you know they've steamrolled it this year, but. They had a lot of money pumped into that, you know, and, and we've had a lot of money pumped into our club. But Wenger has kept us competing. You know, we if, could finish third and win the FA Cup if yeah. things go to dear God, and please I let think, that be the case tomorrow. Uh, that's great. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, I think it's also a case of Wenger, in in a way, is a victim of, as you said, of being t- t- too far ahead of his time. Yeah, because the way he's run the club. If it's tough to say because obviously everything's changed because of it, but if he was, if he'd come in five years later, so he's running the club how he runs it, when a financial fair play was brought in, you would have had them a winning numerous champions, I think, because he'd all, he'd generally run the club under the financial fair play type rulings. He'd run a club that was that balanced the books well, yeah, whereas yeah, other clubs, yeah, yeah, totally, I, I went out and got in huge debt and and overspent <coughs> and overspent, and that's how they won titles essentially. So if if that was if everyone had to balance the books in the same way Wenger has always done, yeah. then I don't think other teams could could, no. could realistically have competed at that yeah. point. Yeah, but 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 you know, I'm going to be on. You know, we everyone thought he needed a defensive midfielder this year, yeah, and he didn't buy one. And Coquelin has ended up being very good, but I think Coquelin. I personally feel that was that was good fortune for Wenger. Charles, I don't think yeah. that's not by design. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, he had some injuries. He had to call him back, and he's ended up being really good, but. Nobody, there's no. I don't think Wenger knew that was going to happen, no, man. No. There's no way. Nobody knew You're that. You luck out every now and then. Yeah, basically. And it was like I remember, like sort of being at the Emirates, and then suddenly somebody turned around to go, "Cockerland's really good, isn't he?" And it was yeah. almost sort of like, "God, yeah, he is." Weird. Like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Well, that's good. That's good to um, get your insight. Oh, there. by the way, with regards to soccer, M, I've got to mention this. Go on. Right? My dad, my dad was so excited. He's yeah. passed away now, God rest his soul. But he, he was so excited that I was doing Soccer AM. And then I did that. And then afterwards he said to me, um, I don't think that was your best platform. <laughs> <laughs> it was. He doesn't think that sitting in a cupboard for a two, three hour show and popping out every now and then to do a joke was your best platform. I think, I think my lowest point. He's a hell of a careers advisor. He should have, he should have called you out on that earlier and said, hang on. I think my lowest point was when one of the producers came up to me and said, Romesh, could you stop looking through the window of the door? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's beautiful. Well, let's, I mean, we're well over our markets. Let's start to round things up. I just want you to give some recommendations on what comics you've been reading. Oh, right. You're a comic book fan, right? uh, Well, I've been rereading old stuff, to be honest Mm, with you. Nice. Uh, So grabbing you. Well, I've been reading. You've, have you read? I think you recommended Ex Machina to me, did you? No, I didn't. But I, I've, 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 I haven't, I haven't read it actually. I've seen the film and it blew me away. But. Yeah, but the, 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 it's Ex Machina is really good. A saga, obviously, we've talked about saga. Yeah, I, and that I, was one that I held off for so long on saga because I mate, just thought, oh fuck off! It's everyone was going crazy about yeah, it. Yeah, same, same, same. It's amazing, man. It's great, isn't it? I'm it's cr- really fucking. It's good. really good. I'm reading. Um, I'm. I tell you what, I'm reading everything that Ed Brubaker's ever 
written. Wicked. Um, I'm loving everything he's doing. I love it. He's done. Oh, when you find someone and just can go back and go over. I had that with Garth Ennis that I just, yeah, every, yeah. everything Garth done. I was, I'd read The Boys and then got into into Preacher, which is the yeah. wrong way around. Everyone everyone else is a big Preacher fan. And yeah. The boys. And then I just went through his Punisher run and just yeah. everything. It's like, yeah. It's so good. It's so good and so expensive. Yeah. But when you, you buy, and, and also the other thing about it is so rewarding because what often happens with that is there's something about the writing you like and then you pick everything they've worked on, the runs that they've done, and you can, all of those things are still there. But it's still so, to your taste. Yeah, in a different, in a different yeah. world or whatever. And it's all the things that you like. And uh, Have you read Nightly News? No. Is it's it one that I recommend to people. And it's good b- b- because it was a one-off, so it's not like you've got a whole thing to get yeah. through. It's, it's Hickman. Um, it's, it's a Jonathan Hickman who's amazingly intricate and intelligent, right? At some points to, to fault, I find. There's been a few bits he's written I've been like... I feel like I need a degree in Russian history to yeah, understand yeah. this. But but Nightly News was one that I had it recommended in a comic book store in, in Forbidden Planet. Sorry, I'm all sniffly. Um, and yeah, I've never seen a comic book like it. Yeah. Just the, it's like the art is kind of, it was one of the first that felt like it was done by more of a graphic d- designer than a comic book artist, but all coming together and just, yeah, it blows me away. So I, I recommend that one. Yeah, I've been, I've been, um, I sort of I don't know what you feel about this, but I've sort of been getting frustrated with Marvel recently, man. Like I, yeah. I've been reading like I'm trying to read Avengers, and like you need a PhD in Avengers to even follow what it's, is it's complex. I, I don't know man. what they're doing over there, man. But it's just like it's I've so been enjoying f- Guardians recently. Yeah, yeah, again, yeah. The yeah. film blew me away, and I never read that much. And I really liked the the kind of the reboot or not not a reboot the the new. A Venom run, yeah, yeah where it's yeah. Flash Thompson and he's kind of a, a, a marine of Venom essentially, and that started to cross over with um, with Captain Marvel and Guardians, and I kind of it was one where it was like, right, I can just about trace where all this is going. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. rather than start an Avengers run or whatever and go, I don't yeah. know where the beginning, middle, and end is. Like, kind of in this story. So if I just buy a load. Hopefully, so at the moment I'm tying together. It's it's l- loosely. I love comic books so much, but one of the things that I find so annoying is when you're reading issue after issue, going, "This feels like revision." I'm trying to yeah. just get a grip <laughs> onto what the <laughs> yeah. hell is going on. When here, do I get man? to the one where I can just enjoy? It yeah, exactly. Than just, than it's sort of like it. yeah, skimming through. Like, okay, I'll get that, get that, get that. Do you yeah. know? Like, I don't know what the hell's. It's it's mental. I'm, all, I, all this training. When do I actually get to cut people open? Uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But like, I, I um. I started. I was, I've been reading Batman Eternal, yeah. you know, and I, and and that is, I don't know. I sort of fall in and in and out. I love with that, you know. Sometimes you read one and you think that's so good, and I yeah. love Batman and I love everything the mythology of Batman. I'm a sucker in general for superheroes. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah. yeah me too. I had yeah. more on the podcast and a few yeah, others. Yeah. Warren Ellis have all kind of their their love is lost for superheroes. It's like. Right, I can't really. I know. know that over some of your classic work, I know. <laughs> there's really been. Well, that's what that's why it's so. You know, you 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 get into these writers, and and all of their best stuff is stuff that they've come up with separately. Do you know yeah. what I mean, they don't. Yeah. They just phone I'm in. Not it. really into that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all really. Sorry. But I've, I've been rereading. It my life, but I've cool. been rereading um, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing <laughs> yeah. run, and like, oh, it's so beautiful, amazing, and, and lovely, and yeah. So sort of. Uh, Another one I'd recommend, I bought at the same time as Saga. And again, it was only a one. So yeah. I then went through all three or four sagas that I've had so far. The Wicked and the Divine. Right, yeah. Really good. And yeah. Another one, again, it's it's going to be a continued thing. But I don't know, art-wise and star-wise, it reminds me of Saga. It's really beautiful. It's really plush. It's really smooth. So yeah. 
Yeah. I read Rat Queens. Have you heard of Rat Queens? I'm loving Rat Queens oh my right God. now. I just got the so second Rat Queens a, a, a book for my girlfriend for her yeah. birthday. And yeah. Love it, mate. A Rat Queens is awesome. Yeah. I, can't remember, I, I literally, it came up as a recommend on something. And I was like, I'm just going to buy this because it's called Rat Queens. That's the most ridiculous <laughs> shit in the world. And I was like, Wow, this is this is yeah. brilliant. I love this. I love it. I love it, man. It's really good. Yeah. Well, perfect. Let's call it a day there. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, where can people keep up to date um, with you? Oh, just my, the, the website, romeshranganathan.com. Perfect. Easy, easy. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, in time we'll see you return to the realm of podcasting. So Mate, I'm going to. There'll be more talking to come. Well, thank you very much, sir. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Cheers. That was episode 40, the big 4-0 with Ramesh Ranganathan on the Distraction Pieces podcast. Amazing chat. I loved it. You get, we got a comedian on and the first half hour is a hip-hop podcast. Um, a, a large chunks of it uh, are discussions of race and race issues and race perception. Um, the big ending is just comic books. That's nerding out over, over, over comics. There's some... F- football commentary in there there's some stand-up commentary there's there's discussion of live um techniques and abilities there's a hell of a lot going on in there so uh yeah that was great to sit down and talk with uh, with Ramesh great guy um I pray he gets his podcast going very soon and I pray he hooks up with the the homies at Acast because uh yeah they're very good and they're they're killing it right now even though newspapers are are suggesting all their big investments are going straight into my pocket. I wish, ladies and gentlemen, I wish I am simply a fan and they are a beautiful conduit to get this to you for free. Another way to support the freedom of this podcast is, number one, to subscribe. Help us jump up those charts. It genuinely helps exposure. It's not just a dick about me wanting to go, number one podcast in the UK, baby. I mean, I do want to do that, but it's not just that. When you climb the charts, it exposes to more people. Podcasts like this, it's independent. It's not a BBC. If you go and look in the iTunes chart now, and I guarantee I'm recording this outro two weeks before the podcast goes out. So I've got no inside knowledge. Go and look. I'll guarantee at least five of the top ten are from the BBC. Um, probably one or two from big US companies, NPR or one of these. Um, so yeah, generally everyone in there is these big companies. This is me and a recording desk and uh, I'm a mate Wargie mixing it. So um, yeah, your supporting of us gets us up in those charts, gets that exposure. If you enjoyed this one, there's so many good st- stand-ups we've had on. We've had Sarah Pascoe, we've had Stuart Lee, we've had a Rufus Hound, we've had, who else have we had? Josie Long is who else we've had. We've had tons of good stand-ups on, so um, check them out. There's loads to go through. Um, we've had Riz Ahmed on, which I'm... Or, Riz Ahmed. I don't know why I said Riz Ahmed. We've had Riz Ahmed on, and let's face it, the only reason I mention him is because he's also Asian. Um, so, you know, take that as you will. That may make me racist, but there's great 
crossover that you know i'm a fan of the bbc asian network and the main link there is race so don't fucking get on my case all right i just thought you might want to listen to riz he's an amazing actor and he's doing amazing things and we again talk about some some race restrictions in this industry <sighs> talking myself into a hole thank you for tuning in we're going to be back next week hopefully we're still sorting this out but hopefully we're going to have a special edition next week probably on monday i'm trying to sort it out out for monday um because next week is a refugee week it's a british red cross thing and hopefully i'm going to get to sit down with um this particular um a refugee who's got such an amazing uh, life story again it's another episode where there isn't a a famous person on i do these every now and then some people love it some hate it but yeah it's a hugely important one so that hopefully will be on monday and then hopefully on wednesday I'll have Amanda Palmer on as well. So we've got a hell of a lot in line for you next week. Next week could be the biggest week that we've ever had on the Distraction Pieces podcast. Um, And not in, I mean, obviously we've had people like Russell Brand, who's got millions and millions of followers, but I mean biggest just in general in the fact that we're potentially going to give a lot of exposure to, you know, an amazing story of a refugee and be part of a week that is based upon... um, reshaping the British public's view on immigrants and what an immigrant is and who they are and who these people are coming over here and stealing our jobs you know so that's that's hugely important and then obviously Amanda Palmer is a legend a lot of you love Amanda a a lot of you heard of me because of a collaboration I did with Amanda Palmer just on a whim at one of her her shows you know we'd never jammed together or or met up in soundcheck and we did a a song together in front of a full cocoa. Anyway, we'll get into that next week. This has been the Stretch Beach Podcast, episode 40. My name is Scroobius Pip, at Scroobius Pip, you're on Twitter, at Scroobius Pip, you're on Instagram, facebook.com slash Scroobius Pip, youtube.com slash Scroobius Pip. Feel free to suggest um, future guests. A really good way to do that, though, is to tag them in it as well because then we're all in the in the loop that's how it it generally works again remember this is just little old me here um so if you're saying man you should get president obama on i I haven't got these amazing wonderful hookups if you can see a way to contact these people then let's contact them together and we'll get this going um please don't request more more women or more Asian people, or anything like that. Request specific people, request specific women, and specific Asian people. uh, It's a bizarre thing when people are pushing for some kind of equality, but then kind of being really backwards about it, you know, saying, I want to hear more women. It's like, that's kind of sexist to just lump them all in together as one. I I, I just want more people with breasts on it's like there's tons of we've got loads of amazing female guests and more to come but i want you to make actual suggestions i've not had a single person say i'd like to hear more men you know they ask for specific men and that's kind of part of how our society is so let's try and not get confused with our urge for equality let's actually treat everyone like humans and request actual people um anyway i'm going on a I ran again. I couldn't end last week. I can't end this week. I can't end my episodes anymore. These are going to be an ongoing, ever-living podcast that never stops. But for now, it may just stop. This has been episode 40. See you next week. <laughs>